Hello and welcome to the big league. As always, Connor Somerville joined by Aiden Silifant, wherever he is. Uh, and below? Yeah. Below. I think so. Oh. Unless unless they change it up on us again. I got but a three, I, somewhere. I got a three wide setup. Interesting. Maybe All right, well, Google like, Meets uh, having a time right now, yeah. uh, but obviously I should probably intro our guest first, uh, Kyle Cushman, who is second time on the podcast, always a fun guest, but this is not going to be a fun episode. <laughs> um, oh, it might be if you're we'll see. not we'll a Leafs see. fan. Uh, we're doing a Leafs therapy session is basically the idea of this, so we're going to walk through everything that's going to happen and what we can sort of expect and what we can look forward to, if anything, uh, with the Leafs. Um, but yeah, how are, first of all, before we get there, it's been a few weeks since we were last live. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Can't complain. It's good to be back. Uh, even though we're talking about this touchy subject, um, it's, I guess it's just nice to be talking about some hockey again. You know, there's, uh, some exciting things going on in the NHL playoffs, but you know, let's talk about our, our hometown team for a second and, and what they can do to improve on. Kyle, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. Uh, there's still hockey going on. I, I didn't realize the, the playoffs <laughs> still were going on. But no, I, I'm doing good. I wish we weren't here talking about a Leafs postmodern. Uh, but you know what? It seems like that's just kind of how it goes now. But uh, doing good. And uh, I don't know whether I'm excited or like ruining what we're about to do. But you know what? Uh, I think we should just dive into it. Yeah, I think we're all in that boat. And we brought Kyle on because he's the brains of this operation. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that whatsoever. <laughs> when it comes to the Leafs, I'd say you were very knowledgeable, especially with your whole depth chart stuff. Yeah, um, I, I picked a great team, eh? You picked a really good team to do that yeah. for. Um, but let's start off at the very beginning, and we're going to ignore all the playoffs because <laughs> it's not bringing those demons back. Uh, so we'll start at the press conferences. Not a lot was notably said. Uh, basically the big things were Marner said that the play, um, power play rumors of him refusing to play down low were false. I struggle to believe that, but here we are, uh, as well as Dubis and Shanahan basically still backing the core four. Um, what did you guys really take away from that press conference? And did it make you worried that, they are still backing the core four. Did you not like anything that was said? Where did you sort of fall when it came into that whole press conference fiasco of the sort of, uh, I guess, reviews almost of what was said by Shanahan and Dubas? Um, honestly, like, I guess as soon as the season ends, like a lot of Leafs Nation was kind of hoping that you know, one of the big forward would leave town and, and that mostly being a Mitch Marner after a, a terrible playoffs that he had. Um, and I think watching the, the press conference, probably mostly Shanahan's because we hadn't really heard from Shanahan at all throughout the season. We didn't really know where his head was at. And he is basically the boss of Leafs. He controls Dubis and Keefe. So we want to hear what the big guy has to say. And I really respected what he said in backing up the core four. I think even though it, it might not have been what I had wanted to hear, I respect him for coming out there and saying that he believes in the team that he built. And that honestly gave me confidence that it might work out one day or 
next year we make it out of the first round. And he brought up, you know, um, like Tampa Bay against um, Columbus that one year. Maybe this is something the Leafs had to go through to, to push through the following season. Um, he brought up the Washington Capitals, how it took them so long to, uh, to finally win the Stanley Cup. So um, as, as a Leafs fan, you, you really don't want it to be that long of a wait that the Capitals had. But at the same time, like it's a process for a reason and it's this the toughest trophy to win in sports. It's not going to come so quickly. Um, I remember Dubis even said, I think it's last year, like we expected this to be linear, right? Like we make it to the first round, the first year, then we make it to the second round, third round, fourth round cup. It's not how it happens. So um, I, I enjoyed what they said. Um, I didn't like what Marner said. I think he was honestly a little bit disrespectful to the media. Um, he was uh, a bit angry during some of those comments. Um, but then again, I, I don't agree with the comments that were being said on him, but I, I feel like he could have handled that differently and just kind of ignored, ignored it. Um, and didn't come out across it like with like an angry tone, but, um, I don't know. There was a lot to take away from, from like everybody talking, honestly, but, uh, yeah, those are the the two guys that that really caught my attention. All right, so that is completely not what I was expecting him to say. I was expecting you to go off, but uh, <laughs> Kyle, what were your thoughts on Dubis's comments, Shanahan's comments, and I guess really the only notable other player, because hockey players are hockey players and say nothing, was Marner. So, what do you sort of think about all their comments from the press conference? Yeah, I'll start with the Marner stuff and. I think from everybody involved, you kind of got what you expected. You got a lot of kind of non-answers, but also like a, a couple of pieces that you can kind of take away from. So from Marner, the main thing was just kind of the, the rebuttal to the rumor that he had refused to move on the power play. And I feel like there's probably some truth to it, but it's not the whole truth. And I feel like what probably happened there was someone in the coaching staff or the coaching staff in a, as a whole asked him, about moving and his response was something along the lines of he wasn't comfortable in that position or moving or something to that effect and it's been misconstrued through the through the grapevine or whatever to him refusing to move something along those lines and and the coaching staff not being comfortable moving him to a position he's not uh comfortable in and it kind of in that situation so i feel like there's some truth to it in terms of probably them approaching him about it but the way that it kind of came out is one that you would naturally when asked about it kind of have that kind of like jaded response. So I, you kind of got what you expected from Marner and from Dubas and Shanahan. Again, you got what you expected. You weren't going to get something where they completely trash on their core players, completely tank their trade value. If they are looking to trade them or anything like that, you got a lot of kind of the status quo. We're building something here. We still like the players we have. Uh, which is what I would have wanted. I don't want the management to have the reaction that the fan base does, because if that's the case, then they're not the right people for the job. So from Dubas and Shanahan, uh, I appreciated what they did. I wish, obviously, just from a content perspective, we got a little bit more. Um, but <laughs> I, I think I think overall, you got a lot of what you expected. Um, I like them kind of reassuring things there. And I do like them pointing towards all the teams in the past that, have had to go through things that stayed with it uh, and are now better for it. Obviously, there are teams you can point to that didn't have to do that. Look at the Chicago, uh, the Blackhawks, the Kings, and whatnot from the past 10 years. But you can also look to the Lightning, who had 
uh, multiple issues and whatnot. They missed the playoffs one year because of injury. They made the cup final lost. They obviously had the best regular season ever and then immediately didn't win a game in the playoffs. They kept with it. They kept the main pieces and they're better for it. You can look to Washington as well. Uh, so I, I think at the end of the day, the comments that you got from the press conference were the ones you expected, but I think they were also the ones that were necessary. Uh, and for that, I, I think that's probably the best case from what you would have hoped for from the press conferences. Are you guys disappointed that the Leafs uh, manager, staff, whatever, fully backed, said, like, we're not trading these guys? Or would you have rather them have said, we're evaluating everything right now and we're going to take a really hard look at this roster and see whether or not we think we can win with four guys make taking up like over $40 million of the cap. Do you think that was the right move for them? Or do you think it would have been better for them just to just say that they're evaluating and potentially open the door to trade offers from different teams, whether it be Buffalo with Jack Eichel or maybe Calgary, if they're looking to move Matthew Kachuk potentially, even though I've seen that rumor squashed a little bit. Where do you sort of stand on their 100% backing of the core four? Well, like kind of like what Kyle said, like they kind of had to say it. They kind of had to back up the core four no matter what. And even though they did say that, it doesn't mean that they're 100% for sure not going to trade one of them, a.k.a. Mitch Marner. Um, because I think that, like Connor, what you're getting at, like something bigger, like a Jack Eichel could be out there. You're not. You don't want to close off your um, your options to uh, to not go acquire a guy like that in trading away like Marner or someone like that to acquire him. I think it's definitely a possibility. Um, I think just in terms of what management um, said, like they kind of just have to say it. I I feel like if they were to say like um, we're gonna reevaluate everything, like the entire roster that kind of makes you sense that there will be a trade coming. There will be like a, a Marner trade or a Nylander trade coming. And if that doesn't happen, then it's a really angry fan base, right? Cause that's what we would be expecting. Um, but no, I, I think, like I said before, I just respect Shanahan for saying that he fully backs them up and the whole thing about patience um, that he brought into with the different teams and all that stuff. And it takes time. I like that, and I honestly would have preferred him to to be confident in the core four other than to say, you know, like no one is is a lock to stay or something on, on the lines of that. Yeah, I, when I, I just don't see the benefit of kind of putting like the mystery of it out there, um, whether that's from like a, a public perception and like expecting a trade, not getting it if it doesn't happen even to other teams, if you basically put it kind of open, like we're, we're considering this or we're looking to do this, that, that uh, puts a, into the public that you're looking to do it. And that means you can't ask top dollar um, when, when you're going into trade negotiations, if they were to, which I, I do take them at face value for this. Um, if you're going into trade talks and somebody's approaching you about Marner, they have to kind of raise their game to try and take them away from you versus you putting it out there like, hey, we're open to this, where you may be uh, kind of initiating things. It's a very different kind of trade talk and trade negotiation there. So I really didn't see the benefit of kind of putting the question mark out there. And I'm glad for that reason they didn't, because if they did, 
it's all we'd be hearing about is the constant speculation of who's a fit, who could do this, blah, 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 and the constant battle of it, which I don't think would have done any good for anybody involved. So the way that they handled is is the good way. I, I think now what we see is what they actually do with the offseason, and that's the next steps to come. So you're saying it was the right move and that the Leafs shouldn't have just blatantly said they should trade Mitch Marner despite what people on social media wanted them to say? I know, it's crazy, right? 1,000%, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing what happens when you consider the organization's perspective on things. <laughs> um, let's uh, continue on from the, let's sort of move on from the press conference because there's a lot that's going to happen this offseason. Um, and I think in talking about the core four, I should just ask this question right away. Do you think the Leafs can win with three $10 million players? And I'm going to continue on with this. Should they consider moving Mitch Marner for Jack Eichel? Okay. Um, can they win with three 10 mil plus players? It's never been done before. So, I mean, I can't really go off history here. Um, I'm optimistic. The thing is, they're they're supposedly really good players, right? <laughs> like, like Matthews supposedly. is a stud. Supposedly, oh, okay. Matt Matthews on, is good. Matthews is really good. He's a superstar. I don't think anyone can argue that. Tavares, he had a good season, but he's getting older. Is he really worth the ten mil anymore? I don't know. I don't think Mitch Marner is is worth the the money that he makes. I think that's kind of a fact as well. Um, but can they win? With those three guys and those contracts, maybe. Like, yeah, it's possible. Anything is possible in hockey. You can do it. If you build a, a good team around them, which Kyle has tried to do. Like, I have. Sorry, Kyle Dubas has tried to do. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure Kyle, you, you could have got the Leafs a cup by now for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm not but, too sure, but I think it might <laughs> no be impossible. Kyle but. here, but yeah, I, I'm <laughs> struggling well, with that one. We'll, we'll see what he, he answers about the Eichel question. That's how I'll judge him as a GM. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I think in like I said in, in hockey, anything can happen. And the thing with with those guys, like they are superstar players, so they should be able to win. Um, if if Kyle just finds the Kyle Dubas just finds the right uh, players around him, that, that, that's it's just going to come down to the depth that the Leafs have around those three guys. And um, I love how you just didn't include Nylander in in this question either because that contract is looking amazing now yeah love that contract <laughs> yeah um so to begin i i do think that you can win with three 10 plus million dollar players um i think something that a lot of people forget is that you couldn't afford 10 million dollar players 10 15 years ago when the cap first came into place so teams have won with this percentage of their cap built up in just a couple of players. The 2009 Penguins won with Crosby and Malkin taking up 30% of the cap just between those two players. So you have been able to win with high-paid players before. It's just it hasn't had that two, di two digits at the beginning uh, in the million column. So, um, And that's just because the cap hasn't been that high. Now, the Leafs would have expected the cap to continue to go up. All this kind of COVID uh, flat cap stuff is obviously going to hinder it, but I think top end talent prevails most times in the playoffs um, or, or just in general for hockey. Um, and so betting on that skill isn't the worst bet to make. That being said, if Jack Eichel is available, you absolutely do it. Um, Jack Eichel, in my opinion, has the potential to be like a top five player 
in the league and you look what he's been able to do in his career so far with the Buffalo Sabres and it's nothing short of basically remarkable when you look at where the franchise has been his entire time there and you think about Jack Eichel coming into this team it would be fantastic would Buffalo do that would Mitch uh, Mitch Marner doesn't have to say in it because his no move clause doesn't come in yet so that would be pretty funny but um I, I just I just don't see it happening. Like it, it would be an absolutely huge blockbuster, like biggest trade we've seen in the NHL in like decades and decades. So um, I would love for the Leafs, for starters, the Leafs aren't doing their job properly if they're not looking into that kind of thing, um, because you have to kick tires on on everything. You have to see the asking price for everything. But from Buffalo's perspective, I don't really see how that would make sense. Um, when you look at some of the other teams that are probably interested in the packages that they can provide um, and some of the players that you could potentially get back, doing something like that would obviously be amazing, but I, I just don't see that as like a, a realistic thing. As much as I potentially like to see it or think that it would be really fun to see, um, I just don't think it's all that realistic. But Jack Eichel is amazing, and just thinking about him on this Leafs team is really, really funny. That would probably be the best center core the NHL's ever seen. Yeah. With Matthew. I mean, prime Crosby Malkin would probably put up a tough fight, but I don't Who's know. the third line, though? Well, you'd have well, to probably uh, well, put one of them on the wing, though. That's a thing. Well, you're not Tavares gonna have... on the wing. Yeah. Yeah, that exactly. That would probably be what happens, but you could also run a three-line <laughs> monster. I mean, <laughs> third That'd line be would be insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're we're getting a little too out to left yeah. field here. <laughs> we're getting out there. Um, but what it, other questions that came out after the press conference after the season? It's people took a hard look at the power play because it sucked. Um, it so and bad. It was oh. so. Oh, that raised a lot of questions about the coaching staff. Elliot Friedman, I believe. It might have yep. been CJ. I didn't watch the clip, but he's reporting that it's likely that the Leafs are just going to keep the same coaching staff. Is that the right move for the Leafs? Should they move on? And why the hell haven't they hired Bruce Boudreaux yet? <laughs> well, you can I answer want, the last one, Connor. <laughs> I want Bruce. Boudreaux. You want to take it? Why? Why do you want Bruce Boudreaux, Connor? Veteran. He's got a ton of experience. I've heard he's good on the power play. He's a diehard Leafs fan. Uh, he gets yeah. to be close to his mom, who lives here. Uh, I just think he'd be a great fit for this team. Yeah. Do you want to ruin his Leafs fandom though? <laughs> Cause like he joins the team. There's hey. no way he comes out of it being a Leafs fan anymore. <laughs> if, he wins, he wins cup, yeah, if he wins. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So the, the Boudreaux <laughs> thing, like it would be awesome to see. I just don't really see how it makes a lot of sense for like either party to a certain extent, like the Leafs, brought in Paul McClain last year. They have the experience. They have Dave Haxel on the bench. Like they have, they, the experience thing isn't something that they necessarily need. Um, Bruce Boudreaux would be an, an awesome guy to bring in, but he was available last year. He was reportedly interested last year. He, he didn't do anything this year and they decided not to go that route. So um, I, I don't necessarily know why they didn't decide to go that route. Cause if I'm looking at Paul McLean versus Bruce Boudreaux as an option. I'm taking Boudreaux. Um, but I think the main thing that the Leafs are looking for right now with the coaching staff is simply stability. Uh, we've seen over the last three years, I think it is now, there's been significant changes every single year. You look back three years, both assistants left. Jim Hiller left. I, I can't remember where he went. I think it was the Islanders or something like that, but I can't remember. And, and obviously DJ Smith 
was hired hired by Ottawa. You look the next year, Babcock gets fired a couple months into the season. Sheldon Keefe takes over at the end of that season. Paul McFarland leaves and steps Manny Malhotra. So there's been a lot of turnover over the last multiple years here in Toronto on the coaching staff. I, I think they wanted to, last summer, put together pieces that they would feel comfortable with keeping for at least some kind of term. Uh, and Manny Malhotra is involved in that. Paul McLean's involved in that. Obviously, Dave Haxtell as well, even though he's been here for a couple of years. I think the main thing that they need at this point is kind of stability rather than kind of the revolving door that they've had. So even though the power play was god-awful, all this kind of stuff, um, and there's plenty of things that I would have liked to see done that they didn't, I think probably the the better option is because like anyone with two eyes or even one eye can look at what happened there and was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't working. Like I'm not, I can't <laughs> fathom that Manny Malhotra or Sheldon Keefe or anybody looked at that power play and was like, oh yeah, this is good. This, this is fine. Yeah. Like, obviously they recognize that there was something wrong with it and they just didn't make the Continue necessary changes. Exactly. So, so when it, I think it's probably better for them just to kind of stay with what they got right now, just to have that stability, have that year over year where somebody can look at what happened last year, figure out a game plan over the summer and apply it to next season. But um, yeah, I, I definitely get wanting somebody else like Malhotra and all the power play stuff. I absolutely get that. But at this point with the amount of coaching turnover that they've had, I think that just keeping it the way it is, is probably the better route going into next season, but I can absolutely see the argument against it. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely don't think you bring in an assistant coach just to help you fix the power play. I don't think that really makes sense. And yeah, I think Manny Malhotra did a good job with the power play um, in the beginning of the season. Like the power play was really good to start and you're, you're getting two units going. You had uh, Wayne Simmons scoring like a few power play goals in front of the net. Um, they were clicking and then just went downhill. So I think they can figure it out. Um, like like Kyle said, get, give him the offseason to review the power play and he'll figure something out. There's too much talent on this team to not have a successful power play. And I don't yeah. know what they do. Maybe they do try and go with two different units next year um, because stacking it just didn't really work. Um, well, stacking it in the way that they tried to didn't work. Yeah. It, you, if you look at the last power play of the season, they finally had Nylander and Matthews as shooting threats on the have wall and Marner somewhere else. I can't remember whether he was like down beside the net or if he was more like playing the points or something like that. But I assume he was point. They had probably Jumbo in the bumper slot and Hyman. Hyman yeah, something, him. something like that. Riley was on the ice. I know that, but was he? Okay. Um, I, regardless as to like the actual configuration, you actually had two shooting threats on the ice and they couldn't just overload to Matthew's side and you had good looks for both sides. So I really don't think it's, all that complex. I think you go to Marner and you basically go figure out how to play this kind of side of the net role where you can feather passes all over the place instead of doing it from the shooting threat side where people just let you take the shot and you miss every time. Um, and like th he didn't score a single power play goal all year. Like he's playing the have wall on the Leafs top power play unit alongside Austin Matthews. And he didn't have a single power play. Like it's nuts. So I, I, I think it's just as simple as having Nylander and Matthews as shooting threats, have Tavares in kind of that bumper role in the middle, uh, and having Marner feed passes from the side. Like, I don't think it's that complex. And yeah. we kind of saw it for like two minutes at the end of the season, and it looked really good, and they hadn't done it all year. So um, I think that they need to just 
do something different, whether that's on entries, whether that's on like the actual formation. I don't think you can continue to have Marner playing that have wall have wall position because it, it just allows the opposition to play so heavily to Matthew's side where he becomes almost null and void. And then Marner's shot is null and void. And then you've got Riley or whoever shooting from the point, which isn't that great of a threat. And then all of a sudden you look at all your threats and all of them are basically X'd off unless the penalty kill does something wrong. So um, you can definitely look and, and I'm not saying that the coaching staff doesn't deserve criticism. They absolutely do. I'm just saying that you should probably keep the same people just for uh, the sake that you've had this revolving door the last few years. And it hasn't really had that kind of, it hasn't really worked the last few years. And so going into next season, give them that second shot, basically give them get. And from the player's perspective, just have them watch like Colorado and Tampa and whoever Carolina's power plays for like the next three months and just basically say, do this. So um, yeah, it, it's frustrating. Like that's the biggest thing that's frustrating, right? Cause if, if the power play is like literally 5% better, they're, they're probably still playing right now. And, yeah. and, and you can talk about all like the Matthews Marner top line, whatever, if the if the power play is what they should have been, they're probably still playing right now. So um, that's ultimately the most frustrating part because it, it uh, like just looking at it, it should work. There's no reason it shouldn't, especially with all that talent, as you said. But um, I, that's the biggest question mark for me going into next year is what they do with the power play and if it actually works. Because we've seen with Tampa in the playoffs so far, that's been their biggest X factor. You can't take a penalty against them because if you do, they're probably scoring at like what 30, 40% rate, like whatever they have. Like they have 20 power play goals in the playoffs. That's more than three teams did in the entire regular season. And that's only 11 off from what the Leafs had in the regular season. Like it's stupid numbers. It's stupid. But you look at Tampa's power play, the people they have on it, there's no reason why the Leafs can't match that. So um, the, the frustration is real. I, I'm fascinated to see what they do with it um, because there's no reason why this power play shouldn't be good what yeah. do you do though if marner does what's rumored and refuses to play down low don't put him on the power play yeah take him off put him on the second power play okay i, I right. also just want to say like i don't want to see any more drop passes on the entry <laughs> that is the most annoying thing with this team i think the amount of times that matthews tries to break in and drops it to marner then Marner picks it off and drops it to Riley. And then Riley just gets the puck turned over at the blue line and sent yeah. back down to the and, ice. And then the second the unit ice. comes out and Nylander just skates into the zone or Jason Spezza just skates into the zone. And it's tries to go so, get it himself. Spezza just so dumps in and chase and yeah. he's the first guy in to try and get the puck. And he usually so gets annoying. it. because Yeah. It, so, yeah, I, I do think another reason why Nylander should be on that top unit is because he's the best zone entry player on the team. And if you are having trouble breaking into the zone on the power play when there's one less player, Nylander most of the time is going to be able to do it. So I do think that there's, yeah, there's obviously an overemphasis on the drop passes. We've seen it cost them multiple times. Um, and, and yeah, so I, Nylander should be on the top unit for various reasons. The drop pass thing and, and the zone entry stuff is probably like second or third on the list. Um, but like, it, it's just another factor. Like William Nylander is great. He's really freaking good at hockey um, and not having on the first unit just doesn't make any sense. So um, yeah, the, the drop pass, if I, if I see like three drop passes on a single power play in like the first game of the season, like I'm probably turning the TV off. Yeah. So that's, that's basically where we're at on the power play. 
just a waste of time too. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Where do you draw the line with Sheldon Keefe? Because he did take over the power play late in the season. What's according to reports and stuff and people who know him, what he tends to do is if something's not working, he takes more and more control over it. So he probably had a lot of control of the power play late in the season. And he drew up that final power play play. Like it wasn't Manny Mahalatra, it was Sheldon Keefe. So how much more of a leash do you give him to try to fix this team or work with this team? Uh, Do you think he gets another season do you think he's sort of safe in this situation? Where do you sort of stand on Sheldon Keefe being the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, you have to keep in mind that this was his very first full season as the coach of the Leafs, and he won them the North Division, um, which is a big factor. Even though they didn't make it far in the North playoffs, Division they had champs. A, Let's go! They had a phenomenal, <laughs> yeah, they had a phenomenal regular season, and um, they were playing really well. Uh, he led them to a great spot in the playoffs. First seed, you're facing Montreal, the fourth seed. It's a, it's a good spot to be, and that was their goal that they wanted to accomplish at the beginning of the season, and they achieved it. Um, I've and seen... They uh, regretted it. Sorry? And, and they regretted it. Yeah, right, regretted it. Right. I guess so, yeah. They would have faced Montreal anyways, I guess, if they finished second or, or third, and... They would have lost. I guess, but, but they would have had a little bit of momentum. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. Could, that's in a different universe, though. That's they had not momentum in, after not in game four universe. as well, but, you know. Yeah, whatever. Oh, um, How do I do this to myself? All right, yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have to bring it up. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I, th- I think Keith's been good. I was watching a lot of, like, the blueprint stuff throughout the yeah. year, and he implemented this thing called Stanley Cup Habits, like, right from the get-go, and... Like, that was their goal. Like, Keith knows that this team is aiming for a Stanley Cup or bust. So he told the guys right from from day one what they had to do, how they had to act, how they had to play to achieve that goal. And all the stuff that I was hearing from him saying to the players, I liked all of it. So I don't think Keith is the problem at all. I think it was it was the players. It was the players this, this, this season and, and in the playoffs. The big guys didn't show up to play. You can't blame it all on on Sheldon Keith. Like he tried the line combinations, he tried that power play that you guys were talking about at the end of the season. I think he is not the problem. I think he has as long as a leash as Dubis has. If Dubis gets another year, then Keith should get another year. Um, I think if if there is another first round exit next year, there there might be some changes that that need to be made. But at the same time, like from what they were saying at the press conference, especially Shanahan with like the patience, like, like, do you just be patient with your management and, uh, and Sheldon keep as well? Do you keep them for, for a longer period of time? If you believe in them, cause, cause this is Kyle Dubas's coach. He wanted Sheldon Keith right from the get go. So if, if you're going to hold on to Kyle Dubas, then Kyle Dubas is going to hang on to Sheldon Keith, I would say. So I don't know what the, the timeline is here, but, uh, you're probably looking if the Leafs don't win a playoff round next year, they're definitely on the hot seat, but I could see them getting another year after that. So I, I'm at, there's like a two, two year window. They got to win around in, in two years for them to stick around. I'd say. Yeah. Like that's exactly, you have to remember that this was his full first full season as Leafs head coach. And even if you look back to the Columbus series and whatnot, that was his first NHL playoff experience as a head coach and under those circumstances and all that kind of stuff. So um, 
that's not to say he isn't without criticism. He overplayed veteran players. He refused to scratch those veteran players. If it was Mike Babcock as head coach, there would be a lot more people upset about those kind of decisions. I also don't think he experimented enough uh, with kind of the, the top couple of lines in the event that somebody got injured, like we ended up seeing, and they kind of had to scramble and actually worked out pretty well with Kerfoot on that second line. But then the top line didn't go, and we didn't see enough experimentation without whether that be Marner with somebody else or, or Matthews and Nylander and whatnot this season to kind of get a sample as to what worked, what didn't, if you need to get in that situation. So I think overall it was a solid season for Keith, but there's still flaws there that need to be worked out. Um, I'm fascinated to see what kind of the roster constructed uh, roster construction is next year, whether they bring back some of these veteran players in, in lower roles, whether they're, and if that is the case, whether they're, uh, more inclined to scratch them or those kind of things if there's kind of pivots in that or if they go away from it entirely and look to have more of the bottom six that they had in previous years so um Keith, yeah it, it's his first full season I, I don't think he's on the hot seat whatsoever I think that basically the management is all tied together at this point when one person goes they all go kind of thing um, I, I don't really see Kyle Dubas firing Sheldon Keefe and keeping his job, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's probably like a two-year timeline if they lose in the first round again next year, which honestly isn't out of the question when you look at the division they're going back into. Um, the circumstances, of course, are going to be a big deciding factor, but you, you say it happens again next year. I think management at that point is on the hot seat. They make a big move in terms of the roster. If it happens again the year after, then I think it's kind of scorched earth and chaos from that point. But hopefully we don't get there. Are we not already there with the scorched earth? Like it's at least Well, the fan base is. The fan base is. But um, I don't think that ownership is at that point. I don't think management is at that point, and they shouldn't be. Because is it disappointing? Yeah. Uh, They squandered their best opportunity uh, ever to go to the conference finals or to the Stanley cup. Um, That being said, um, you can't overreact to one year. And I know that there's been some symptoms and whatnot for multiple years, but um, you've got this plan in place. You saw it with Tampa Bay just a couple of years ago. If they blew it up at that point, they wouldn't be where they are right now. So um, you got to keep things in perspective at this point, the fan base may be there the people who are actually making the decisions aren't. If it happens again next year, I think that's when we start getting into that territory. Interesting. Well, they're going to lose a good player no matter what over the next few weeks with the Seattle expansion draft. So I want to dive into that now because there's been a lot of debate and I don't side with a lot of people's thinking in this, but there's been a lot of debate in terms of what setup you go in terms of protecting players in terms of who potentially gets taken about whether or not you should make trades ahead of the expansion draft. So I want to start from the beginning and start with your lists. Obviously you both haven't prepared this, but I assume I've done it many a time. Yeah. I was going to say, I assume you've done (laughs) it many times. Um, So before we get your actual lists, what system do you go? Do you go four, four, one, or do you go seven, three, one? I'm going four four one. Yeah, yeah, y- you have to. I'm going seven three one. And you're a psycho, so I don't know. I like, feel like, well, it it it's basically just that that second number, the defense. I think. I yeah, think yeah. the Leafs have invested a lot of money 
and a lot of commitment to getting that def- defensive core better um, the past couple seasons. And if you do 7-3-1, you're basically losing a defenseman. And I don't think the Leafs want to do that. They want to have a stable back end. And uh, yeah, I, that's what it comes down to, I think. I disagree. Because I think you could stick anybody next to Jake Muzzin and they'd play well. And Justin Hall hasn't shown in his time again, away from Jake Muzzin that he's very good. So but with Jake Muzzin. Yes, with Jake Muzzin, I could be good. Because Jake Muzzin is very, very good. I think you could find somebody who could play that right D spot that's better than Hall. I think even Liljegren there could potentially work uh, as sort of a teaching block to how to play defense, really throw them into the you defense. You want to commit to that for next season, though? Yeah, not right away. Well, like, like you I, I, see... I, and I'm a big fan of Liljegren, and, and that's kind of been yeah. my thought as well is where does he kind of fit in and long term? Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense, and I love that pairing. Do I want that to be immediate next year? I'm not so sure about that. But what I will say is that I, I do think that there is some some logic to that. The only thing for me is there's not seven forwards that are worthy of protection. I think that there's four that you can stretch to five uh, with Alexander Kerfoot there versus four defensemen instead that I feel more confident about protecting. So if you can go go out and acquire somebody maybe before the expansion draft that's a forward that makes sense, then I would pivot to protecting seven because I think taking advantage of that could make sense given the given the hole that's going to be there on left wing. Um, but when I look on defense, Muzzin, Brody, Riley, they're all being protected. Um, and, and I think that protecting one of Haller, Dermott makes more sense than trying to stretch and protect seven forwards and keeping Kerfoot, keeping Engvall. And honestly, I don't even know who you protect as like the seventh guy. Like, are we talking like Joey Anderson? Like it it really isn't anybody worth protecting. So unless you can make a trade beforehand to get another forward in there, I I just don't see the necessary benefit to protecting uh, seven forwards, because even if you do, want to move Justin Hall or something like that, or you're okay with that happening and maybe opening up a spot for Lilligren, all that kind of stuff. You can then trade Hall instead of losing him in expansion, that kind of thing. So um, I do think that there's some flexibility there. And and I do think it is uh, more of a realistic option than maybe people give it credence to, but um, unless there's a trade, I, I can't see them going seven, three, one. Interesting. I guess you follow sort of the same idea, Aiden. Yeah, I think like just look at the the way that the Leafs are built in and the the money that they've invest, invested into those top four guys. They don't really care about their other forwards. They're invested in four guys only. So you keep those four guys only and you invest in the defensive core. They're banking on the success of their forward core to be from their, their main four guys. And that's that's really it. And then you find depth around them. So you want to address your your weaker area i guess which is the defensive core so you want to hang on to as many more defensemen as possible i'd say okay and i guess a follow-up to that then which defenseman do you protect do you protect hall or do you protect dermot you already know what i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah you hate dermot so i don't like dermot. Hall. yeah yeah justin hall right-handed as well i think he had a pretty good season especially with muzzin so and and I have him him on that line next year as well, Muzzin and Hall as the pair. So I would definitely keep Justin Hall. I think Hall is the move because if he, even if he's on your third pair, two million is like a fair deal for him. Um, 
for Travis Dermott, there's there's a lot of promise there, but when he's been higher up in the lineup, it hasn't really come to fruition yet. And when you when you look at his stats, it, it, you don't see a player that necessarily like stands out to ex- to an expansion team like yes, we need to take this player. Like he he had six points in fifty one games this year, and yes, the underlying he's numbers Seattle. are better. All this kind and of yes, Seattle and that's fair. But numbers. but if Alexander Kerfoot's available, I feel like that's easily their choice. And I, I think that they'll have quite a few picks to take in terms of defensemen. I don't think, and I, I'd love to be proven wrong, but I, I don't see Travis Dermott as like a Nate Schmidt type. That's like a seventh defenseman on a good team, no. like a six, seven on a good team that just needs to kind of have that opportunity to kind of stand through because we saw with Nate Schmidt in his last year with Washington for starters, he had 17 points in 60 games, which is something that, Travis Dermott has done to a certain extent in his career so far, but we saw when he stepped up in Carl Alzner's role in those playoffs, when he got hurt, he was legitimately good in that kind of top, top four role that he got there goes to Vegas and plays really well there. Dermott hasn't been that same level when he stepped up into the top four. So could he be taken? Absolutely. Um, Would I be heartbroken? Honestly, not that much because you, when you look at the left side as well, you've got Riley there, you've got Jake Muzzin there, and you've got Rasmus Sandin, unless Dermot's shifting over and all that kind of stuff. Like I I don't necessarily see where he fits into the team in that respect. So I, I would definitely protect Hall if you're doing the four defensemen uh, route um, and kind of take my chances with Travis Dermot because um love the guy. Uh, I think he's a really solid player, but I it's expansion. Like you're going to lose a decent player when you're a good team. And I feel like Travis Dermott, if they do lose him is a kind of fits that mold, but I I don't think you'd also heartbroken over it either. Okay. And I guess sort of a follow-up to that is, do you make a trade to try to protect Kerfoot? If you go four, four, one, or if you go seven, three, one, do you make a trade to try to protect Hall and Dermott? And if you do make a trade, who do you have them take? Is that Pierre Engvall? that you send out to Seattle and say, please take him. And what do you give up in that situation? I'd rather lose one player than two. That's basically what it comes down to. I don't see any of the players that the Leafs would have outside of protection being worthy of making a trade to protect. What if it's a pick instead? Still, still don't. I I don't see Kerfoot is a good player at 3.5 million. Um, it's a fine contract, probably on the overpaid side. I don't think you're heartbroken if you clear 3.5 million in cap space and have that to use. I don't think you're heartbroken if you lose Travis Dermott. He wasn't even in your top six when in the playoffs, um, at the beginning of the playoffs, at least. Um, I, I don't think like when you, when you look at the teams that made trades to protect players in the last expansion, it was either to protect a, a really solid player that they just couldn't because of space or it was a mistake. Um, and, and so I, I just don't see any of the players the Leafs having on the outside looking in of the protection lists being worthy of giving up any extra assets um, to protect them because you make that trade, you're still losing another asset in expansion. They have to take somebody. So um, I, I just don't see that as being like a, a realistic route that they should look into yeah i think losing kerfoot isn't gonna hurt them that much and like you mentioned trading uh trading away a pick in order for for seattle to not take him i would rather be using a draft pick um to acquire a guy at the trade deadline someone 
and and in free agency, right? If you lose Kerfoot to to Seattle, go out and acquire another centerman, and then yeah. use that draft pick to acquire or make an improvement to another part of your roster as well. Or draft so player. Getting- like you can use these draft picks as well. Like yeah. it's like it depends on the pick, I guess. But I would I would much rather like if it is like a, a lower pick, use it to to be traded away and, and acquire maybe a, a top nine guy, you know, or a, or even a fourth line guy. Um, so that's two guys. So you're trading, you're basically trading away Kerfoot and you're acquiring two guys back. I, I prefer that that situation a lot better. All right. And I guess sort of wrap up the whole expansion draft discussion. Um, do you trade any of the guys listed? Do you try to find a move for Kerfoot to try to get assets for him before losing him, losing him to expansion draft? Do you try to move Dermot before losing him to the expansion draft if you also move Kerfoot? Uh, what is your sort of play on that front in terms of going into the expansion draft? Do you try to make a deal involving one of these guys or do you just let Seattle take a player and let them run? I think like who's acquiring or who has space to acquire Alex Kerfoot or Travis Dermott and protect them. Like it, it, it's Minnesota can acquire. Kerfoot. Can they, I think can so, they yeah. though? Cause when I look at their protection list, they're going to have to make a trade to protect somebody in the first place. Cause they've got Jared Spurgeon, Ryan Suter and Jonas Brodeen on no move clauses, which means Matt Dumba needs to be protected as well, which then leaves somebody like, uh, so let's say, you have right. to protect Parise Zuccarello on no moves, protect like a, a Jordan Greenway, Joel Erickson Eck. That means, or, or sorry, you can't even protect like a Jordan uh, Greenway because you have to protect Kevin Fiala. So like, I, I don't see Minnesota being a team that can like acquire somebody. I, I like looking around the league. There's probably only like three, four teams that are in a position where you could acquire a player like Alex Kerfoot and maybe stuff them in as like a sixth or seventh protection. Um, and again, if the Leafs do that, then they're trading a player and then they lose another player in expansion. So um, there could be some plays like this. If you get a good offer for a player that you have, that would be on the outside looking in. I think Joey Anderson is another but, uh, player that could be of interest to Seattle with two years left at, at league minimum as a as a solid player that's had some track history as a good prospect before. So like there could be a market for some of these players, but just I, I would rather lose one decent player than two. And that's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, same boat, same boat. All right. Well, Leafs fans, there's your expansion draft primer from Kyle. What what I will say is like, let's enjoy the expansion draft this time. Like last time, like we got all up in arms about like protecting Matt Martin over like Brendan Leipzig and whatnot. Like obviously you're, you're gonna lose <laughs> a good player. Looking back on that, that was a good decision. Well, um, yeah, yeah, where is Brendan Leipzig now? Uh, Cisco Moscow. Funny enough, oh, um, gosh, but. Yeah. What I will say is like, we're probably not getting another expansion draft for like a while. Like they're probably at 32 for, for a decent amount of time. And if there's any new teams, it'll be like relocation stuff. So like, let's, let's enjoy expansion. Cause it's like a cool, unique thing that you don't get very often. Yeah. Uh, I think you might be unique in that viewpoint in terms of enjoying losing a player, but Hey, <laughs> if it gives at least more cap space, I'll take free cap space. Yeah. Keep, yeah, exactly. Cap space. We need it. We Everyone do. needs we it. We do, but we have a lot of it this coming off season. Uh, I wouldn't Freddy say a and... lot. It, it's like a it's like a decent amount, but like you're talking if like they 12 lose Kerfoot, million. Yeah, if they lose Kerfoot, okay, it's up to fifteen. Yeah, ish. 
Uh, and that's a lot of money to work with, but you do have to sign. <laughs> There's also a lot center. of players to sign. Yeah. Third line center, ba- backup goalie, uh, an entire left wing. Yep. Because all of your left wing is gone. <laughs> so, well, Mikheyev into- is still there. Uh, yay. We'll see if he lasts. Um, <laughs> before we do your free agent targets, I want to end with that and the entire show because I also want to dive into whole trade stuff. But of the current <laughs> the fun least, stuff, yeah, the fun stuff. I love talking about trades. Like we're gonna go yep. for a long time on that because I hell yeah, it. hell yeah. But UFAs, they have no RFAs. Like Venny Vevelinen, really? Joseph Wool. Do not disrespect my boy, Vevi Vevelinen. Oh, Do not. I'm that not is that him. is two time Finnish goaltender of the year, Vevi Vevelinen. Okay, who's Do played not one NHL game? Uh well yeah hey if we traded Miko Lettinen for him it's a big you know, deal Connor it's a it is a big deal so do not disrespect my five foot eleven king he's five foot eleven yeah Jeez. okay um <laughs> all right uh well other than him and Joseph Wall and Nick <laughs> and Dennis Malgin Travis who, Dermott uh, Travis Dermott sure um although I don't he's, think any he's of those- the only like roster player that's an RFA. I don't think that any of those guys make over 1.5. And no, the no. only one who even has a chance at doing that is Dermot. Um, but they do have a lot of UFAs. Zach Hyman, Wayne Simmons, Alex Galchenyuk, Joe Thornton, Zach Bogosian, Freddie Anderson, David Riddick, Nick Foligno, and Riley Nash. Jeez. Last two of those probably don't really count because there were trade deadline acquisitions and one of them played a single game for you. Um, I think. Yeah, Riley Nash only played one yeah. game. No, he played two. He played two because he hit the twenty five percent to cost him a sixth round pick instead of a seventh round pick. Wow. Yeah. (sighs) All right. Which one of who stays? Obviously, we'll get into the Hyman discussion. So he's void. Should we should we do it rapid fire first and just like a quick yes no no and then get into it a little (laughs) bit? Sure, sure. Well, we'll leave Hyman because I'm going to have deep discussion. Is it going to be? Do we think they stay or do we want them to stay? We'll hmm. we'll do both. So we'll start. Do you want them to stay? And then okay. we'll do it a second time. Do you think they'll stay? Okay, I like that. Cool. Okay, All right. Sure. Do you want him to stay, Wayne Simmons? No. no. Good. So we're all in agreement. Alex Galchenyuk. Yes. Yes, if it's not expensive. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if it's around a million bucks, sure. That's a great first tell forward can play anywhere in your lineup all right i feel like i could just skip over this one joe thornton my no. heart says yes my brain says no in a coaching role sure okay. <laughs> yes no thank yeah. you yeah. he can run the power play this is going to be an interesting one zach bogosian yes. yes if it's not expensive all right freddie anderson no no yeah, I think everybody wants Freddie to go except for Austin at this point. David Riddick? No. I'm like, Ooh. I'm indifferent. You watched those one, three like... games and you want him back? <laughs> I th- uh, yeah, I'm, I'm indifferent. Like, I still, sorry, I this is a tangent, but like, I can't believe they gave up a third round pick for that guy. That's why I keep him because we gave up a third round pick for him. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, I cannot believe. <laughs> okay, anyways. Like Michael Hutchison 2.0. Um, yeah, uh, Michael Hutchinson, no offense to Michael Hutchinson. I love they gave Michael up a fourth round pick to get Hutchinson in the first place too. So true. 
Yes, do but then I they want got picks back? And yeah, then... I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I guess I don't really want Riddick back, but yeah, there are like, other. Uh, I'm indifferent. I would rather. Yeah, but... like I don't really care. I don't mind if he's back, but yeah. We'll get there in terms of that discussion of yeah, yeah, yeah. free agent UFAs you want to target. Nick Felino. No. I want him back. I want, you him, want back. him back. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Hopefully his back holds up. <laughs> Riley Nash. I was about to say Rick for a second. Riley <laughs> Nash. <laughs> Rick is very retired. Yes. Um, you, I, oh, yeah, I, I was going to say no. I'll, I'll say no to Riley Nash because there's other centers that I want instead. Yeah, I'll say no as well. All right, now let's do. Do you think they will be back? Okay. Wayne Simmons. Did you didn't you yes. skip over a pretty big guy? I think we're, we're just doing him and afterward. Oh, okay. Sorry. I said that three times. Oh, really? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do think Simmons will be back. I don't think I don't think Simmons will be back. Uh, I think it depends on how much money he wants. Yeah, that 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 is what it comes down to, but. Uh, I don't know. I I would be a little surprised if he came to Toronto last year and doesn't try to find something that works. That also being said, I'm surprised if somebody pays him a million plus again. So I think they try to find something that works. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think that they keep somebody of that kind of like gritty veteran group. So I, uh, I hope he doesn't come back because I think it was a waste of a roster space and cap space. I said that from day one. Um, but yeah. Interesting. I think it's more from, from the Leaf side, honestly. I don't even know if it's going to be up to Simmons, whether he wants to take a pay cut. My my pay. only thing with that is like they wanted him last year for more than what he's going to get this summer when he was worse the year before. Like he was, he had a better season this year than what he had had in New Jersey slash Buffalo last year, yeah. which is saying a lot because he wasn't very good this year. Um, right. I'm not even sure if he had a primary assist the entire season. Um, wow. So like he had three assists on the entire year, two in the regular season, one in the playoffs. So um, if they wanted him last year after the season he had at that ticket, I would be a bit surprised if they wouldn't want him back for less after this year. I I feel like just the way that he played in the playoffs, though, they might be rethinking things of what they want to do with that fourth line. And I think there could be well, other should. options out there in free agency that will provide you some grit um, elsewhere in the lineup, maybe not on the fourth line. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it is going to come down to like if if he if he's asking for 750K. Might as well. But he's not going to be a regular in your lineup every night. I don't think. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh I think they were really banking last off season on the Leafs training staff to help him out in terms of being healthy. And then he broke his wrist. Um, but let's next player. Should have signed Corey Perry. Should have signed. According we'll to get into Steve that. Simmons, he, that could happen again. I hope it does. That would be great. They should have done it last summer. I said, I said that as well from back then. It would be the right wing of old men with Jason Spezza and Corey Perry. Uh, but Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, yes. I Based think. on how things went, I do think that there will be mutual interest. That doesn't say yes or no. So I assume you think 
that, that's maybe that's like leaning like... towards yes like i i can't see galchenyuk getting like a million plus like like he kind of like last year he got one point like oh five or whatever with ottawa so mm -hmm. like i i think that the way that things went in toronto the way that they treated him the the opportunities they gave him i think that there will be mutual interest to come back whether that's for like 800k or like 1 million, I think is going to be the difference as to whether he does or not. Because I think he makes sense to bring back if he's 800K, kind of in that Jimmy VC, Travis Boyd type from last year, uh, or last offseason, I should say. I don't think he makes as much sense if he's like a million once again. That's true. All right. Yeah. Very well put. Joe Thornton. No. No. I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised. I would be shocked if it wasn't, if it was a playing position i could potentially see yeah some that's the caveat right like I, I think that there could be an opportunity like un unless he wants to go back to san jose um i think there could be an opportunity for him in a coaching role or front staff role or whatever um but i would be pretty surprised if he's playing for the leafs again next year yeah zach bogosian yes i think the leafs want it i'm not sure bogosian will I think that he can get a, I think he can get an, a fine contract with a good team. I, I don't know if he does that again with the Leafs. So, um, just spice it up a little bit. I'll say no. I don't think he comes back. Okay, interesting. I guess that means Timothy Liljegren snapped out of spot. Hell yeah. Uh, do we even have to ask this one, Freddie Anderson? No. No, <laughs> he's not coming back. <laughs> he, he was out the door at the trade no. deadline. Just to spice um, it up, I'll say yes. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's really spicing it up. Yeah. <laughs> David Riddick. Yes, I think he will be back. No, but I. Look, he gave up a third round. Obviously, they liked him a little bit, but I, I don't see how after it went, like you can't look at least at other options. So I'll say no. Yeah. All right. Nick Felino. No. I think wow. he's Minnesota or Columbus. I'm torn on that one. Because I could see him looking back. Yeah, I can season. I can understand like the thought process as to why like he might want to come back or anything like that, but I think it'll be for more money than he's worth. And when you look at his family still based in Columbus or the opportunity to play with his brother in Minnesota, I feel like those will be more luring than trying to run it back with the Leafs. True. You'd have I, to take a really big hometown discount, I'd say. Because how much was he getting yeah. paid this year? Well, last year it was 5.5 million cap hit, um, right. which obviously he's not going to get. But no. um, Evolving Wild has him projected at, I think it's two years, 3 million. And even then, I'm not super. That's too much, with I it. think. Yeah, so, you'd have to take like 2.5, maybe less than that. Honestly, less. So I, I, I don't see it making range. sense. I don't see it making sense. The back yeah. scares me. The back really scares he's me. He's a good player to keep. Like I think he's the type yeah, of player he's a, that he's a fine player. Yeah, and just the experience and like the fact that he was a captain. But I, I think there's other options in free agency. Riley Nash. Um. I'll say no. I, I know the Leafs like having that that right-handed center deep in the lineup, um, but I don't know. I, I I wouldn't hate him being back. I think he's really solid depth, um, but I'll say no. 
That's tough to say. I I don't have him on the on the roster, like on the lineup next year. But if it is for like nine hundred k, maybe maybe just as depth, right? In case of an injury, he's good yeah. depth to have. Yep. I say no because I think he's gonna want too much. I don't mm. think he could get too much somewhere else. Maybe. Well, those are the UFAs. We could do the one RFA or two RFAs to appease Kyle. Um, <laughs> we don't have to. All I want is Dennis Mulligan on the Leafs next year. So, on the Leafs, yeah. Do not like first no. line with Austin Matthews. <laughs> um, don't forget when he came to Toronto, he was playing on the second line with with Tavares and Nylander. Um, but no, I, I I think Dennis Mulligan is a solid player, and I think he could do a job on a fourth mm. line. But anyways, we don't have to do the RFAs. Mm. <laughs> All right, we won't do the RFAs because there's not very many notable ones. Uh, but I think all of them will be back personally. I hope so. I, I don't. I'd be a little surprised if Nick Patan is back. I'll say that. Like, I, I think that they might just mutually want to like, I think the Leafs would like him back. They have his RFA, right? So there's not a lot he can say, but I think that he might want to look elsewhere for a different opportunity. It's fair. Like the guy, the guy torches the AHL. So, like, yeah. surely he can make an NHL roster somewhere. It's true. Maybe he makes the Leafs roster. I mean... Because he can play any forward position, right? It's a good idea. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Let's talk trades, because that's the Whoa, fun Oh, Zachary Hyman. Oh, yeah, we got to do Hyman. Ugh. Zachary. All right. So, Hyman's gone, right? Noted children's book author. I think so. Yes. I think he's and done. He's sports team owner too yeah that's right that's right forgot what about that 11 gaming or something something know. like that sounds right let's hope wherever he signs has number 11 available or else that's going to be a tough rebrand <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh who's on the oilers who is 11 on the oilers does anyone have 11 uh i have no clue i don't think so let's see i highly doubt it because they have nobody left uh but he's as good as gone yes aiden yeah, they, they, they can't afford him, and I don't think he's going to take any kind of discount. So, yeah, he's gone, and, you know, it might, might be for the better. You know, he's uh, – I will say this about Hyman. Like, <laughs> Sorry, he, on the Edmonton thing, Mark Messier. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> retired? <laughs> retired <laughs> kind of retired. Is it retired number? Oh, it's very retired. Very retired. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, with Hyman, like, he's he's the perfect <laughs> playoff guy that, that to have – Except but, he scored uh, zero points in the playoffs. Exactly, and I just don't think he's a fit on that top line. I, I think he's at best a third line forward. So yeah, it's it's about time that he, that he, that he leaves. Except um, you're gonna really regret saying that when he plays left wing with Connor McDavid and puts up <laughs> sixty points next. Well, season. if that's Connor, yeah, I mean Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid though. What I'll say on Zach Hyman is there's a reason he's a fan favorite. It's been awesome to watch him go from not even being on an NHL radar for a contract going into his senior year at Michigan to having an insane season being acquired by the Leafs, having been formerly represented by Kyle Dubas, all the, all the storyline going onto that Marley's team, being an okay forward at like 23 or whatever, being a fine player and then getting a role on the Leafs in the top six and just continuing to develop to the point this year where he's one of the top free agents in the class. That said, it, wake, it makes so much more sense for him to go elsewhere and get that big contract that somebody's going to regret in two years 
versus the Leafs giving him that contract. Like the whole thing with having the top end roster is not overpaying your complimentary pieces. And Zach Kyman is the quintessential complimentary piece. He's a good third line player that plays pretty solid with the players that you have in the top six. He's not the guy that drives those lines in the top six, but he's a good third piece to have on those lines. That's not the player you pay five plus million. Uh, and based off of the reports we're getting, it might even be like closer to six that he ends up getting in Maybe free MC. Seven. Like it, well, it's, it's, no it's, it's pretty nuts. So for Zach Hyman, would I like him back? Of course I'd like him back. Does it make sense for either party at this point, given the money that's being thrown around? No. no. So um, they're going to have a big hole to fill on the left wing, but um, I'd rather them have a hole to fill on the left wing than making a mistake signing Zach Hyman for max term and big money. What does he get and where does he go? That is a great question. That is, that's I a good, so. Number one on that list is Edmonton. Do they have the space though? Like I, I don't they know. They have like twenty five million. I don't know what they're at. Really? Free agency. Yeah, they have, but they have like no one signed. Yeah, because like what they got Nugent Hopkins as a free agent. Yeah, you got Barry if they want to resign him. That's like, going to be a terrible contract. You can already tell. Let's see who could sign Zach Hyman. Who, who's the team that makes sense here? Obviously, as I said, Edmonton. Um, yeah. Who are the other teams I've seen them linked to? Um, Maybe in LA. Okay. Uh, I got my pick. I don't know if you guys got yours. Well, I'm obviously Edmonton. I think it's going to be Edmonton. New York Rangers. Oh, that makes Oof. a lot of sense. I don't like that. He can play. <laughs> he's right-handed shot, so he can play the right wing. He's mostly played the left wing for the Leafs. Um, just given kind of what we heard from... Good old Nolan at the top there. They want kind of that grittier player, Chris Drury. I don't know what he's going to go for. Or Dolan. Dolan, sorry, not Nolan. My apologies. <laughs> um, Dolan. Um, anyways, uh, I feel like Zach, Zach Hyman kind of fits the bill that they might be looking for. So I'll, I'll say, Zach, I don't know really what their cap space is long term. I know that they've got a decent chunk this year. And I know they've got a lot of buyouts that kind of come up recently. But uh, I'll say Hyman to the Rangers. Why not? team i think the should be calling the rangers every single day 24 7 is the calgary flames to try to unload sean monahan and milan lucic in the same deal because i think you could get decent assets for it and i think philip chittle makes a lot of sense wow yeah. okay yeah i don't Got have to over there aiden or yeah i, I know I it's kind of tough to project one. with cap space and stuff but yeah I don't know. I I I can't say. I I don't think he's gonna make upwards of seven though. I don't think. I don't think a team's no, gonna say, be that I'll dumb say, enough. I'll say he gets six times six. Yeah, that's gonna be a hell of a contract. That's expensive. At the end of it. That's really expensive. <laughs> like you're paying him six million dollars to be basically just a penalty killer, like a uh, a stud penalty like killer. He's, he's a he's a great player right now. He's also twenty nine years old. You're signing him for however long five six years it looks like it's going to be and for basically that contract only makes sense if he performs what he did last year every single year that contract and the odds of that happening are so small so um love zach hyman go get your bag but it's it's probably not going to be great for the team that does it yeah so zachary the on the attackery is going to be hey. going on the attackery in free agency yeah um let's talk trades now okay 
this is going to be a very interesting offseason for the Leafs. They've been linked yeah. to numerous players, and numerous different players have been traded already, uh, namely Morgan Riley. Do you move Morgan Riley? Yes. I can start if you want. I, I think you move. Okay. Him. I think you move Riley. Um, what's he making? Five five mil right now. Yep. And he's gonna be gone basically next season. He's gonna be gone. Unless you pay him upwards of eight million dollars, which I don't think is gonna be worth it for a guy who's left handed, first of all. That's just one thing. He's also, in my honest opinion, not a top two defenseman in this league. I think he's at best a top three defenseman. He's terrible defensively. He's okay in terms of managing a first line power play, but I think there's better options. Um, and I just think it's time to, to do it now because you'd rather acquire some assets for him to just uh, rather than just lose him in free agency next season. So I think now is the time to move on from Riley. If you want to make any sort of statement move this year after getting law um, um, out in the first round, instead of trading one of the big four, you trade Morgan Riley, who's been here the longest, um, just a big statement to your defensive core. Like we want a number one defenseman who is more stable defensively that can play bigger minutes that can um, be just better a better complete defenseman, I'd say. Morgan Riley is more of that offensive type of guy. He's a bit of a smaller type guy as well. I think they need a bigger guy to come in here, really stabilize things on the defensive end. And I think now is the perfect time to do it because you don't want to lose him for nothing. The only thing is, like, how do you get better trading Morgan Riley? Like, what, what, what are you getting back? Who is he going to? Like, all this kind of stuff. Like, I... I can see why you might want to trade or, or think that it makes sense. Like I, I do think it's something they have to consider um, because they've lost a lot of kind of that middle pack of the roster, like middle to high end pack of the roster in free agency without getting anything back. Um, and they're kind of starting to feel the effects of doing that a lot. Um, but Morgan Riley is in my opinion, at least a, a, he's a top pair defenseman with the offensive value he provides. Is he great defensively? No, but um, I think that he's great, great value at that contract currently at $5 million. Um, and losing a value contract on the Leafs is also another tough, tough hit. Um, it, it really does just come down to what kind of return you could get. If you could get some kind of deal like Colorado got in that Tyson Berry deal, then yeah, you probably look at it. If you can get somebody that's like a cadre level talent to fit in your level uh, on your roster, whether that's at forward or replace him on defense. Um, it can make some sense, but again, it, it kind of goes back to like the, the big four conversation where could there be an argument to trade them? Yeah. But I just don't see how the Leafs get better into next season by trading Morgan Riley. So if it frees up the cap space to go out and sign like a Dougie Hamilton, maybe, um, it can make sense, but that's putting a lot of eggs in one basket that could just choose to sign somebody somewhere else or cost you more money. Um, then maybe you're anticipating all this kind of stuff, even though they can talk to him right now because Caroline has given people uh, the uh, ability to do so. But um, I think you have the contract talks with Riley to see where they're at uh, when they're allowed to on July, whatever date, 
starts now because I I was gonna say July first, but I was like, nope, that's not what it is. Whatever date it is, because um, if they're looking at like a Tory Crew contract, which was six point five for term, I think you consider that. If it's closer to like the seven plus seven and a half, getting more expensive, then I'd more consider it. But man, that's a tough trade to make. Like you, you finally have that defensive core last year that really worked and trading Morgan Riley from that is, is a tough blow. And, and, and I do see how it can make sense when you look at Sandine coming up on the left side, if you kept Travis Dermott, all this kind of stuff, like I, I understand why it can make some sense, but unless you're getting a really good, like, it's not something I would force. Like I'm not going, I need to trade Morgan Riley. Like if you find a deal that makes sense, then I would consider pulling the trigger but I'm not out there like actively looking to trade him. I think they should be. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think they should be all in on Dougie Hamilton. I think Dougie should be in on Dougie. Like, (laughs) like look at what Petrangelo has done for, for Vegas and the minutes that he plays. And I don't know if you guys have been watching that, that series, but Petrangelo seems to be like always on the ice and always contributing offensively. And he always makes the right move. He is a clear number one defenseman. And that is why, Vegas paid him like upwards of $8 million last off season. I think the Leafs really need someone in the back end to be that guy to really like having a number one defensive defenseman just puts you into like another level. It seems. And to have Muzzin then playing fewer minutes and Brody playing fewer minutes, it's just going to create a lot more depth for your team. So I think they need to go all in on, on Dougie. He's also right-handed um from the area as well i believe oh yeah i think it 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 just makes too much sense like why not do that and you the only way to do that is if you get rid of riley yeah and if that were to happen you get an asset back for riley whether that's futures or whether that's current player whatever it is but just assume that they did get dougie hamilton just for the sake of this thinking about a pairing of jake muzzin and dougie hamilton is is so good like it that that would be amazing. But then also thinking about the trickle down effect of having that Sandine Brody potential, which looked really solid when we got to see it for a little bit. Like you can see where moving on from Riley makes sense if you're able to get Dougie Hamilton, but man, that's a tough bet to make. Like if you can't make a Riley trade, assuming that you get Dougie Hamilton or anything like that. Like, I feel like you can't necessarily do anything like that unless you have a contract agreed at some point. Yeah. What about like a a sign in trade? Like if, if Carolina is already giving teams permission, why don't you trade Riley to Carolina, reunite him with Jake Gardner (laughs) and, uh, and Riley joins the hurricanes and then you can Carolina's left side is insane. That's true. But then maybe Carolina can, can trade Riley then something like that. I don't know then you're losing on an asset it just i i don't see like unless hamilton is adamant on getting that eighth year i don't see why a sign and trade would necessarily make sense for the leafs um but i mean if there were two teams that would figure out something like a sign and trade it would be toronto and carolina so um but no like i don't want riley moved i i'm a big fan of riley i think he he still provides surplus value for his contract i think you only really consider it if it makes sense given the return you're getting and if you are in on another top end defense because just just removing riley from this roster and not getting and not having like another defenseman in the fold i think it's too early to put that kind of pressure on sandy and lily grand and anybody else um higher in the lineup in that regard um but 
again, like, do you really want to lose somebody like Ry- Morgan Riley for free next summer if you can't exactly. get a contract as well? So just yeah. trying to find that balancing act. So th- there's going to be a lot of important conversations over the next month when people can make those preliminary talks with, with pending free agents for the, what, 2022 class, like all this kind of stuff. So um, I that's going to be a big thing. Like if if they determine that they have a realistic shot at somebody like Dougie Hamilton, if there's mutual interest there um, and, and there's a really strong market for Riley, I can see it making sense, but I still think that that's pretty unlikely to happen. Okay. All right. I think the price for Riley, I think that came out. It's a first and a prospect potentially. I mean, it should be. Yeah. I think I saw that somewhere. It might not be right. Who knows? Uh, But I'd be I'd be a little surprised if they traded him for futures. I, I think that would be a trade you're looking to get a roster player back. Unless you're getting Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. Probably. As well. Yeah. 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 I think that's a trade you make if you're getting Dougie. But the big question mark that's sort of been surrounding <laughs> Leafs land is CJ. Yep. He has Good old a player, CJ. Oh. He has a player who he thinks the Leafs are gonna acquire. It's not written down on a piece of paper like Friedman, but he has and a it better not be Mikael Granlund. Yeah. Well, he's a free agent. I know. So. I know. That was more it's, a joke about the fact that oh. Friedman held us on a string for Mikael Granlund. But I, I think Granlund's good. I think he's going to be a free agent target. But again, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> who do you think CJ's alluding to? For those of See, you who don't know, that's the question, right? Okay, so what 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 are the clues, right? Like it was American, American team that missed the playoffs, the playoffs and, and has multiple years. Yeah. yeah. So I think it comes down to like what what is multiple years? Is it two years? Is it like more than that? So when I was kind of snooping around trying to find somebody, like the the bit there was basically a couple names that that really stuck out as being potential options. The one that would make a lot of sense but also doesn't for me, it's just Travis Konechny. Um, He's got multiple years left at 5.5 million. He had a down season last year. So Philadelphia might be undervaluing him. Um, He's still young. He's like 24. Um, He came from that Marner draft class. So he's the same age there. Um, Fits in right in kind of age wise with the core that you have Um, can play all four positions. He can play center if you need him to. He can switch to both wings. Um, locked in at a reasonable contract. Like if What's you think contract? about five point five million for I think five more years. Yeah, I want to say it's kind of expensive um, too. No, five but, and a half. He's but when you think about the money that you're freeing up from Frederick Anderson's contract, from Zach Hyman, potentially from Alex Kerfoot, um, you can Whatever see where that makes sense in the package as well. Yep, that as well. Um, so he's got four years left at 5.5, um, signed that contract two years ago. So it was originally a six year contract. Um, the, the only thing for me is I, why would Philadelphia trade him? That that's the big thing. So unless it's like a Morgan Riley type scenario when there's something involved there and it's kind of this big trade between all parties, maybe, but I think Justin Hall makes a lot of sense in that trade because their right side sucks. Yeah. Justin yeah. Hall plus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, plus. yeah, no, no, no. He'd be a, he'd be a relatively yeah. minor piece in that. But yeah, huh. yeah. yeah. I don't know. Would you trade one of your top prospects for it? So that's Nick Robertson, Rodian uh, Amirov, um, 
Rasmus Sandin, although I don't think you're trading him. Timothy Liljegren. I don't think Konechny's worth it, to be honest. I, I don't like the money. Five and a half? Like, where's he going to be playing? Does he fit right into the top line with Matthews and Marner? He can Is, play there. Can he, he can play, play the penalty kill? Either or. Um, I, I don't know if he has. He's more of like a... I he's played more the right side, but he he's he's somebody that can play right. basically anywhere at forward. I don't think he would complain too much if he tossed him on a left wing with those guys. Yeah. Um, but you could still play him on the right wing, move Nylander to the left wing, which he sounds like yep. he wants to do. He he's done that in the past. He won a world championship of Sweden playing the left wing. So, hmm. Okay. What about I Christian Dvorak? I don't love that contract. If if Arizona retains, I can see it. Um, I do think that that would be a, a bit of a funny acquisition to make, just given how dominant him, Marner, and I think it was Matthew Kachuk that was on that line in London were. Yeah. Um, when they went to the Memorial Cup and won it, um, which was great as a London Knights fan, I gotta say. Um, but like, what is it? It's like four point five almost. Like that's a uh, lot of money for Christian Dvorak. So, I understand. I understand the tie. Yeah, he's got four point four five million for the next four years so same term as Konechny um I think Dvorak's a fine player I don't think he's a four plus million dollar player so if you get retention there I think it can make some sense but um again I don't see why Arizona would retain and sell low on a Dvorak so what about Clayton Keller <sighs> Pat seems to be pushing it that that price would be high that's way too expensive, I think. I, I, I'd be surprised if they could fit another seven-plus million-dollar cap hit in at forward. Like, I can understand it if you're doing it on defense for Dougie Hamilton. I, I can't see them doing it at forward. Yeah, no. And he's, like, on your third line then, right? Or unless you put him on the wing. Well, no, he'd be playing top line, left wing. Yeah. Top line, okay. That would be a lethal first line, but... Little yeah, N I uh, US NTDP throwback with Keller and Matthews there. Right. And he's like, not been very good, so it probably doesn't cost a lot to get him. But again, like, why would Arizona do that? Because he's their top line center. They can get no, he isn't. He's a left winger, right winger. Doesn't play center. Really? Yeah, according to Cap Friendly. Uh, Christian Dvorak played center there. Oh, okay. Okay. And they have um, Nick Schmaltz too. Yeah, th there's been some talk that like he might get bought out. That's a bit strange there because he's like he's at that age where like you can do the two thirds buyout, oh, um, yeah. one of those weird things. But um, yeah, uh, I, I I I just want CJ to tell us who the hell it is. I don't think we're we're ever gonna find out who that player is unless but, the Leafs actually trade for him. I'll give like, you two more names. Oh, sorry, okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. Go for it. I want, I want more I, names. I'm just looking now, and I've seen this guy pop up a lot. Okay, Evander Kane retained. Nah. No, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't either, but I've seen some stuff out there. And just looking now, Kevin LeBanc. Again, I don't love that contract. Four point seven two five. Oh wow, because he he took that big pay cut a couple of years ago. He, he was yeah, like and then one he had year, a bad season, mil. and then they were like, "We kind of sort of have to give you this." Yeah, right. He took one million for one year. Yeah. for them to <laughs> astronomically miss the playoffs. But, you know, uh, like, he, like he's a good player, but again, like I don't that's see too expensive. I think the only one that makes sense in terms of like the contract and no retention is Travis Konechny. 
I don't think it makes sense for Philadelphia to trade him unless they're looking to get a Morgan Riley type. Um, and in that case, I think that the Leafs have to either add something or something along those lines just because I can't see them trading four years of Konechny for one year of Riley, guaranteed, at least, unless like there's a signing aspect of that, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, it could also be, did he specify it was a forward? Like it yes, could be a defense. Okay, so I think he did specify it was a forward. Okay, so I don't know, man. I don't know. This this offseason is going to be wild. Final name. Okay. Timo Meyer. I really like. Sign that me name. up. I love that. I I love that. Like Timo Meyer is a very very good player. What's his? Six he US six He's not U.S. born though. Or, or is it American team? Or? So oh so, the only thing with Meyer though is uh, six million. So a bit more expensive for this year and next, but don't forget when All he right. signed that contract, the last year is 10 million base salary, which means that qualifying offer is going to be something like 8 million. Ooh, that's, that's not great. Good but player, but I don't know if the Leafs can afford that. True. Who knows? Mm. It's he's, it'll come out eventually, probably when they trade for him. Uh, but, I do want to ask you about a couple more different things in terms of trading. Specifically, a guy who's come up recently. I don't know if these rumors are true. Matthew Kachuk. Do you try to make a move for him? And if you do, what do you give up? Is it more of a Riley Plus package, or do you do Mitch for Kachuk Plus? No, I don't do Mitch for Kachuk. I think Marner's a much better player than Matthew Kuchuk. I think Matthew Kuchuk's a good player, um, but don't forget he's got $7 million for this season, and then he's an RFA. Um, I doubt that's going to be a fun contract to negotiate because he's another one of those players. Exactly. He's another one of those players that did that. Okay, I'll take a little bit less in the, in the first couple of years, but I'm getting a big payday in that last year, which is going to result in an, a guaranteed big payday uh, at the end of that contract. Or he becomes a free agent. So... I doubt he gets traded. I think if he gets traded, that's like a next summer kind of thing. Um, but I mean, you got to kick tires on it. You're not doing your job if you're not inquiring, at least to see what the asking price is for certain players. Um, I wouldn't do like a Marner or anything like that. Um, but if the asking price is reasonable, if they're looking for futures or something like that, I could see it potentially being a fit. But um, I, I can't, if Kachuk gets traded, I can't see the Leafs being the end destination. All right, final question. If you are the Leafs, what is your approach going into trading and finding trades? Are you hard into the market to try to find a top six forward? Do you try to just build through free agency, which we'll finish on? What is your end goal when it comes to trades this offseason? I don't think we're going to be seeing that many trades, honestly, unless it is that guy that, that CJ was talking about. But I really like this free agent class. I think there's a lot of guys that the Leafs can go after that won't be too expensive. Um, a lot of like top nine guys that um, are making affordable contracts that uh, also provide scoring, but also provide some of the um, the playoff experience and the work ethic that the Leafs are kind of looking for. Um I just don't see them trading too many of their current roster players. Like the only guy that I could see them 
maybe trading is is Riley. I was going to say Kerfoot as well, but I think um, Seattle will take Kerfoot. So I think it's it's really could just be that one trade where it's like Riley for like a Konechny or something like that. But other than that, I don't think there's many guys that the Leafs want to move on from from their current roster, unless it's like Mikheyev or something. But I don't I don't think so. They also just don't have as many assets as they've had in the past. Like you look last year, they had Kapanen and Janssen get traded. You look at the roster now, you've got the big four. You've got Riley as potential trade candidate there. But outside of Riley, there really isn't anybody that's like a roster player that has like any like decent amount of trade value to make you look and go, okay, there could be something here. Like Kerfoot is the only other guy, but I, I agree. I think he ends up going in, in the expansion draft. And so other than that, you're looking at trading prospects um, and that opens up a whole different kind of can of worms. So um, I think we could see a, a trade or two. I think it'll be around the edges more so. I think that we could see them make a trade for one of Seattle's goalies that they end up taking. Cause I think that there's going to be a lot of goalies available. I think Seattle probably takes one to two extra goalies than they need and look to trade them. Um, we saw Vegas do that with defensemen at the, at the last expansion drafts. I'm interested to see what route they kind of go with in terms of targeting for that expansion draft. Um, but I, I think that they make a trade for a second goaltender because the UFA market isn't that great. Um, and then you watch your language. Optimus rhyme is, that's why I said it isn't that. that great because okay, Optimus good. rhyme is part of it, but, <laughs> um, but no, but no, um, I, it, it's an off season. We'll see a trade or two, the magnitude of which. I don't think will be super huge, but it is Kyle Dubas and it is the Toronto Maple Leafs and they like to surprise us. My hot take is the Leafs to try to trade Marner to Seattle for <laughs> Aiden Hill because I think he'll probably get selected. That's Wait, it. What? No, that's it. <laughs> with like Aiden Hill. Sorry, I should have Aiden Hill, the Colorado defenseman they end up taking uh, and whatever other pieces they can get. Well, I say one team that should make a trade to protect somebody is Colorado, but. Yes, they should, but we will see if they do or not. Let's talk free agency. But just quickly, though, I do think Aiden Hill is like kind of that perfect player to target for a trade um, after the expansion draft. Like, assuming he gets taken, because I, I, I'd be a little surprised if they took somebody else from an Arizona. Like, that's exactly like the kind of uh, player I'm talking about. As a backup, yeah. Yes, uh -huh. yes. Banasek as well from Washington yep. potentially. Yep, I, I think that's that's maybe somebody that they look to keep. Um, but yeah, th there's going to be quite a few options for them. So yeah, it's either way. I think the Leafs can capitalize on this, yeah. but let's talk a little bit about free agency. We've already done the whole Dougie Hamilton talk, so we won't do Dougie Hamilton. Uh, but I want to know who your targets are in free agency. Who in this class really sticks out to you as someone you want to bring in? Okay. All right. Uh, okay, I got some lists here. Leafs are going to be busy in free agency, guys. They're going to be well, really. They don't busy. really have a choice because they have to be. But yes. All right. Um, maybe I'll say the obvious one to start. Corey Perry. I think that's kind of just you know a given. Look at what he's done on Montreal so far for seven hundred and fifty k. I think the Leafs should go after him if he doesn't resign with Montreal. The question is though. Do they want to bring him in after the Tavares situation? Would that not be a little awkward? 
it would be a little awkward. Like, I'm not going to lie. But, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. so. I think that there will be interest in Corey Perry, but I, I'd be a little surprised if he didn't re-sign with Montreal after the year he had. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think Perry is a great fit, and I don't think that Tavares thing is going to, like, stop it from happening. But I'm all right. sorry. I just can't believe they didn't sign him last year. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe they paid Wayne Simmons twice as much, more than twice as much, and let Corey Perry go to Montreal, the team that Simmons would have gone to otherwise for more money as well, um, for half the price. So there was quite a few rants to to Mr. Patrick Talent about that last year. I can tell you that much. Right. That was a mistake. We can agree that was a mistake. What moving in with two Habs fans or both <laughs> moving in with the Habs fans and the Corey Perry? Thing. Yeah. Um. Okay. I think this is probably the biggest give me, one. Give that me I, sexy names. Give me some top six guys. Blake Coleman, three okay. mil a year. It's going to take more than three mil, man. It's three gonna mil take a year. Four plus. Four plus? Four plus. Yes. I don't think so. He's not. He didn't have a phenomenal year. He's been playing on the third line. Um, like he's only played first line minutes on the Devils. I think. I think Coleman, you can get for. I put three mil, maybe three and a half. But I think he would take a little bit less to come to Toronto as well. I think he'd be a nasty player alongside of Matthews and Marner on that left side. He He's basically a hymen in terms of the forechecking, but he can actually shoot the puck. <laughs> so he will finish on his chances. I love him, and he's great on the penalty kill. Um, back-to-back cups potentially with Tampa. It'd be great. It'd be a great fit. He's for my like number worth, one target. For what it's worth, Blake Coleman from Evolving Wild is projected at four years, four point seven million. Four point seven? What? I tell no he's way. gonna dude, no he's gonna way. be whoever doesn't get Hyman's gonna go after Coleman and he's gonna get paid. Four point seven. I think that's what happens. Like I think he's getting I, I don't think he'll get four point seven. I think he'll get four no. plus though. Okay, that might be a little bit more expensive then. So, I really want him though, and it could He'd happen. Be a great so, fit. So He'd I'd have to scratch fit. like another player off of my list because I, I tried to make it work with all like the cap. Okay, so you're, so you're giving me like the 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 group that you would sign rather than like um, a bunch of different targets that you could have for one position. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've done I've done the cap space. I've done it all. I have okay. I have Hamilton also. If, if that was okay. Hamilton. Um, how much did he give him? Six? Eight. Eight? eight. Okay, so more realistic <laughs> than Coleman. More realistic than Coleman, good. No, eight mil. I also tr- would trade Riley, and then if Kerfoot is gone as well, then it clears up a lot. It's like mm-hmm. 16, almost $16 million. So, so, and then if we get Hamilton, then it goes down to like 8.75. I had Coleman at three. So that would push it down to like 5.75, but okay, let, let's just, let's just skip to the regardless, next one. Regardless, regardless, regardless. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I talked, touched on Perry, um, Tyler Bozak. I think he is a guy that we need to bring back. Need. Especially if we lose Alexander Kerfoot, we need a third line center to replace him. I think Bozak is perfect. We talked about them having a right. Anymore, though? Sorry. Is he a third line center anymore though? I think he is. I think he is. If you put like a um, like a, a a Corey Perry around him, for example, on the third line, I think that's a really good third line. Corey and Perry. and a and a Mikheyev, I think that's a pretty solid third line. And we also talked about if if they're losing Nash, that right-handed centerman, 
in like a, a top nine or or a top twelve role, I think I think Bozak is a perfect replacement for that because he's a right-handed centerman, and I like Kirill, him on the third line. That Kirill Semyonov guy, what the way does he shoot? Russian dude. Uh, I'll double check, but I wouldn't factor he's got him me in on left, any, anything other than fourth line max. Yeah, he's probably fourth line, but he is that four, deep in the lineup. For what it's worth, um, Barabanov is like a pretty significantly better player. Then why did they sign? Right. Center depth. It's never a bad thing to have. Good Choose defensive left. player. So. Um, like it, I don't think it's a terrible idea to have him in there for like 800k or whatever it is, but um, he's like a fourth line center at most. But um, all right, what, what else we got here on the okay. uh, Mr. Silifant uh, GM? Okay, okay, I got Sean Corrali, and you really? guys probably okay. won't like this, but it's Bruin, it's the Bruins. But fourth line center, Sean Corrali, I got him making 1.4. I think he's making okay. 1.275 round there, so a little bit of a, a raise to his contract. Um, just the perfect playoff guy that we need on the fourth line. Feistiness, he can add some goal scoring. He's physical, can play the penalty you know kill. from experience, eh? Yeah, exactly. Sean Corrali, he's the perfect fit. What about Adam Brooks? Is he just not what do you mean? in here? Oh, Adam play Brooks left is... Wing. Play left wing? Okay. Sean Corrali is, is better than Adam Brooks. He's, he's more of what we need. Adam, uh, Do not Sean disrespect Kelly's Prairie one. Jesus like that. Brooks is good, but I don't think he's on the lineup next year. I, I think really? he's okay. he's he's a healthy scratch. Yeah, I don't okay. I don't think I see him making it's it on, under on league a minimum. Young cheap, yeah. I was gonna say. I don't think so. On a okay. on a Stanley Cup caliber roster, I don't think Adam Brooks is on the team. Maybe maybe a, a wing, but definitely not a center. Definitely not fourth line center. Um, who else do I have? Um, I guess this is like the one bigger ish one. Eric Howla. I have him making 1.5. Yeah. Holla? Eric Howla. Howla. Holla. Yeah. He can play all over the lineup. It's a cheap contract for a guy who can score probably not 20 anymore, but he can probably score 15 goals, especially yeah. if you play him in the top six. Making under two mil, I think that's just a great fit. That's kind of the caliber of player that the Leafs are looking for. When you build around those top four guys in the lineup, you need to find depth and scoring depth. And I think Hall is a good fit. Um, he didn't have the best year with Nashville, but we saw what he could do with Vegas a few years ago. He was pretty good on Carolina. Um, and yeah, like I said, plays all over the lineup. You could even put him with Matthews and Marner some nights. Tavares, you can put him on the fourth line, just adds a ton of depth there. Um, yeah, my, my bottom six right now for the Leafs for next year, Hala, Bozak, Perry on the third line, fourth line, Mikheyev, Kerali, and Spezza. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's, um, something I think. That's an yeah. old third line. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think it's a pretty good, I think it's a good team. I like I mean, the team it would better. Be fun to see. Yeah for about the first two weeks and then we hate it <laughs> i think yeah well like, i don't care if we hate it in the regular season i think it's going to work in the playoffs and that's kind of what i've bu i've built these signings around it's not so much the regular gotta, season success we gotta get to the playoffs first though and we're in a division with tampa florida boston again montreal if you want to get montreal, montreal. Like, yeah yeah um, although they're not gonna right. be as good next season because i think jake allen's gonna get taken which 
means there's going to be a heavier load on Carey Price, and that's not good. <laughs> All right. What we got, Kyle? It? You want yeah. me to go? Uh, that's basically it, yeah. So I I didn't necessarily go in terms of like grouping together like the free agent class I think they'll have. I went more in terms of like a few players that I think could be good targets for a couple positions. So uh, so I, I kept it to forwards as well because I don't think that they'll be in like a free agent market for defensemen unless it's like Zach Bogosian or like the high-end Dougie Hamilton. So um, kept it to forwards. I also think that they'll trade for a goalie because I, I don't really see a ton of UFA fits uh, there in free agency. So um, just crushing I, my James Reimer dreams. Here. Do you really want to see James Reimer yes. in a Leafs jersey not wearing 34 though? Yes, I still want to see James okay. Reimer in a Leafs okay. jersey. Like, okay. I don't care if it's not in 34. I love that guy. He's hey, I dead. love him too. Don't I just remembered that Dude, Reimer wore 34. Him and Campbell would be the <laughs> nicest goal keeper tandem in the yeah. entire league ever in existence Period. yeah I, I just realized that matthews actually came in here and stole james Reimer's number i didn't realize that yeah he was 34 yeah. wow yeah it was wow. literally the yeah uh, so okay so do you want to start uh with like the the top six kind of left wing options that I, I think could be potentially in play or do you want to start lower and build up let's go uh, lower and build up reach sure. a crescendo build up and, okay so yeah. Uh, looking, I, I do think that they need some more center depth. I think that's something that was kind of shown this year and whether Kerfoot's cut back, that kind of complicates things a little bit. Um, so I kind of talked a little bit earlier how, like, I think Nash could be a fit to come back, but I think that there's somebody else that they'll go out and get that makes more sense. Um, and that's Derek Ryan. They had interest in him in free agency before he went with Calgary because he was basically their like third line center plan if they didn't get John Tavares and guess what they got John Tavares but Derek Ryan very good defensive forward provides a little bit more offense than what Riley Nash does um and had kind of a, a mediocre year with Calgary was on waivers to start the year his contract was a little bit higher I think he's somebody that you could get for under a million um on a short-term deal um and can be really solid kind of like fourth line center for you and provide some depth as a right-handed center as well so um, he's somebody that I'd look at for that kind of role. Um, other than that, like a Riley Nash to come back or just kind of go in house um, with like an Adam Brooks and and maybe even switch Spezza to takes. Uh, obviously, he takes faceoffs, but play the actual center position. So there's a few options they can go with deeper in the lineup. There, um, I tried to find a couple of those like Travis Boyd, uh, uh, Jimmy VC types. Um, mm -hmm. I couldn't find a ton. I think that Jimmy there will VC's be, there. Well, <laughs> and Travis both are there. Both yeah, are they're both there. there. Um, I think that there will be more of these kind of caliber player or interesting players um, after qualifying offers are handed out because I do think we'll see a lot of what we saw last year where some intriguing players don't get qualified. We saw um, what Verhage wasn't qualified and became a free Troy agent Stetcher. last year. Troy Stetcher was another one, Anthony Duclair. So like there was quite a few interesting players that weren't. I think this is more just like another fun one. Um, I do think somebody like Josh Levo could make some sense for league minimum, bring him back, provide some left wing depth, has had some injury issues recently. So the Leafs could help him with that. He had an okay year with Calgary, nothing great. Um, but I think he could provide some interesting depth that they were looking for kind of that Travis Boyd, Jimmy VC type. 
Um, let's see. Let Let's go up the lineup a little bit, though. Uh, let, I think Levo. Levo's a good ad because I think he could fit anywhere in the lineup too. Like I think that's another thing. Yeah. On the wing with Marner, like having yep. Marner set him up because he got a great shot. I like that Levo ad. It's just whether or not does he hate the lease organization at this point, or does he is he willing to come back? Is it just a Mike Babcock hatred, or because yeah. I guess Dubas did deal when to his promise. When did Sheldon Keefe first join the Marlies? Let me find that out. Because I think he would have worked with Levo in the, with the Marlies. Oh, so, that might be interesting. That could have been a thing. But anyways, um, I'll, I'll look that up quickly. But moving up the lineup a little bit, um, trying to find some like third-line value. Um, and starting on like the left wing, who could also play center, and then switching to a couple of centers that I think make more sense, because I think that's going to be a big position. Um, Matthew Perot, I think could be an interesting guy. I, I don't know what he ends up getting in free agency, but he's a, he's a depth player that provides a little bit of a pop offensively. He plays the bumper role, uh, for the Jets power play as well. So that's an area of need specifically for the Leafs power play only second had 19 points. Second, exactly. Power play if Marner exactly. Move down, if Marner um, does agree to move down or he can play second, if he doesn't, you can just send him to the moon and. <laughs> exactly so uh 19 points in 56 games last year nothing great but he's still good for like in that 30-ish points range um again i don't know what he gets in in free agency but i think that he could be um a guy that maybe sits a couple of days and maybe takes a a cheaper short contract um that could be some some decent value there but one year, i think one and a half sort of thing yeah something along those lines um what is he is he a winger or a center he center. plays left wing, but can also play center. So uh, Evolving Wild has him at $1.8 million for, let me just check what term that was, two years. So right in that kind of line. So if it's a one-year contract, they have him projected for $1.2 million. So something along those lines, I think, can make a lot of sense to give more of an offensive pop on that third line, which really needed it at times last year. Um, but I do think that the two big positions is third line center, because I don't think Kerfoot's the answer there if he is still there, which I don't think he will be, and the left wing, because at least you need one replacement for Zach Kyman, maybe even stretch it to two, depending on what trade options there are, if there aren't any, if you don't feel comfortable just kind of tossing a Nick Robertson into that position or bumping anybody else up in your roster, which I don't think it's a good idea to put Robertson in that position right now, so I'll continue to build up. I'll start with the third line center. Um, I think somebody that would make a lot of sense um, if they're trying to keep with that defensive kind of third line, but still provides a bit more offensive pop is a Nick Benino type. Um, yeah. Perfect kind of prototypical third line center can provide penalty kill value for him. Had a decent year in Minnesota after being traded there by Nashville projected to be in that 2.5 million range. I think that can make a lot of sense as a, as a center depth role uh, for the Leafs to take that third line center position, uh, provide penalty kill, um, re replace to a certain extent, some of what you lose in terms of the special teams of a Zach Hyman, uh, a different option. If you want to go for more of an offensive kind of guy in that third line center position, maybe an Alex Wenberg, although I think that he could get, overpaid a little bit because he had a bit of a bounce back year with Florida um, and he's younger as well. So I'd be a bit more tentative about what Wenberg gets, but I, I do think that Nick Benino would be a really, really good shout for that position. 
Um, there's a couple other options, but um, nothing really that stands out to me. Um, but I think, let's see, I found, yeah, three names that can make sense in like a left wing kind of top six role for the Leafs. Um, I know one that, that Mr. Connor over there is a big fan of is Mikhail Granlund. I think he's probably going to end up being the cheapest of the three. Um, I don't know what he ends up getting, um, but he had an okay year in Nashville. He's had some good defensive results in the past. Wasn't great defensively this year. Has a bit of an offensive pop, you would assume, playing him with that with the top six options. He'd have more of that offensive resurgence. So he's at least an option. Someone who I really don't know what's going to happen with them in free agency is Jaden Schwartz. Had a down season this year, only yeah. 21 points in 40 games. I don't know if St. Louis would look to move on from him, what he ends up getting in free agency. I, I, I kind of looked for guys that would be that I think could be there on like day two, day three free agency, similar to what Toffoli was last year, where they sign for undervalue and you kind of get that really solid value in the top six there. So Jaden Schwartz could be another one, another uh, winger that uh, has some good defensive results, but provides offense as well. Um, I feel like him alongside either Matthews and Marner or Tavares and Neeland would be pretty tasty um, in my opinion. Uh, and Great story, of course, as well with him. So uh, I, I think he could be an option. And then the last one, um, I don't know how you guys will feel about this when I first say it, but Thomas Tatar. Uh, I he's a literally player. just pulled up Montreal's cat <laughs> friendly, thinking it would yeah. be Thomas Tatar. <laughs> so Thomas Tatar is a fascinating one because um, he kind of gets hated on quite a bit for some playoff performances, but I do think that that's a bit overrated. Um, Thomas Tatar is consistently a very, very strong left winger in the NHL. Um, and I feel like because he's been sitting on the sidelines a lot for Montreal, hasn't been, uh, in the lineup much. Uh, and, um, he kind of has that stigma with him of not being a playoff guy. I feel like he could be a top six winger candidate for the Leafs that is sitting on there on the third day of free agency, who ends up signing for well under their expectation right now. Uh, for Evolving Wild, he is projected in the five million range. Whoa! At um, what? Yeah, so three years, five point two million is the projection for him from Evolving Wild. He scored sixty-one points in sixty-eight games in 2019 uh, This year, only thirty and fifty, but he was playing with Philip Deneau a lot there, which means your offense is going to dry up. Um, I think that he could be a really solid fit on the Leafs' left wing, provide some offensive pop, really help out there. Um, and do so for something that's under expectation. I think that he probably ends up signing for one or two years, um, just given kind of what's happened this year for honestly, like in the three to three and a half million range. And when you think about what he can provide for that kind of contract for the lease, I think that would make a lot of sense. So Thomas Tatar is that kind of guy that I'm, I think if he sits in free agency could be a really, really solid fit for the Leafs. Um, but again, for what the Leafs need in free agency, and that's a bunch of different forward stuff, there's quite a few options in free agency. So um, there's going to be a, diff a lot of different looks that they can go with, uh, depending on how much cap space they have. But um, I, I think that's probably the short list of players that I think are realistic options for the Leafs that would make sense for the positions that they have. What about a guy like Brendan Saad? Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, I think he's expensive a bit more than what the Leafs are willing to pay, but um, 
what he he probably ends up in like the five and a half million range, similar to what he was currently on. He's twenty eight. He's coming off a where is his contract? Here, six million dollars per season. Doesn't mm-hmm. he get more than Hyman though? Because he he Does provides he? more offense. Well, Does he? So. Dude, no. I don't think you realize how massively overrated Hyman is. No offense to Hyman, I love him, yeah. but like I would, I mean, I would in my books. Saad gets and gets he, had, he had had 15 a goals season. and 24 points in 44 games with Colorado this year, but That's a bad season. Seven goals in the playoffs. Right. That's so better. that's gonna get his money. Um. Yeah. I I think he that's probably ends up in what like the the five year, like five and a half, the six range, maybe like one or two years shorter than Hyman and and kind of similar AAV. Yeah. Right. I just don't think, cause like you said at the beginning, Kyle, like you don't pay your complimentary players that much money. You can't. So yeah. Uh, How much do you think to targets by the way? Uh, If it's a situation where he's sitting in free agency and he goes to like the Leafs or something like that, I think it would be in like the couple of years for like 3.5 ish range, which is like the scenario that I think would make sense. Um, I could also see him doing like the Dadanov thing from last year where he isn't getting those offers and he takes a a decent contract at 5 million with Ottawa. So I could see something like that happening for Tatar, but I think the combination of a downtick in, in production in the regular season and not even being in the lineup for the Habs in the playoffs um, could be a good recipe for him to get like pretty significantly uh, undervalued in free agency. What about a guy like Barkley Goudreau? Yeah. I feel like he gets overpaid. He's not making much right now. I think it's like less than a mil. No. Yeah. 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 I would like him on the fourth line if he's Let's making see. like maybe two mil max. 20 points um, in 55 games this season. Um, yeah, I think they, he's like he's another player. option that if you don't get Coleman, then maybe f- Goodrow is yeah. a good fit. I, I feel like Goodrow is probably a player that ends up going for like two, two and a half on like three years or something like that, and is like a fine player, but like I don't know. Do you love that contract? Like not a ton. So like, like he made sense to trade uh, for Tampa to trade for him given his current contract, but he's what under a million. Yeah. Yeah. Right now like that, that makes a ton of sense for them. Doesn't make as much sense when he's making two and a half. So yeah, that's true. Let me list. He's also a little bit older, 28. So yeah. Let me list off a few more names. Yeah. Just for fun. I'm looking at centers right now. Uh, Cause you've pretty, you've pretty much done every left winger because there aren't very many. <laughs> this year. Um, first one, Top of the UFAs for earnings, Ryan Getzlaff. Is that something I don't think you stay they, away from with the ten foot pole? But I I, th- I don't think they do the old guy thing again. Like it, they tried it this year, they kind of overcorrected towards it, especially by adding Nick Felino at the deadline. Um, I don't think that they'll kind of look to fill the bottom six with older kind of experienced guys again. Yeah, you can have one or two of them. The... You can't have. Like three, four. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still could see them bringing in like a, a guy like Corey Perry, but yeah, keep it keep it at two. I don't think they bring back, like in my honest opinion, I don't, I don't think they bring back Simmons. 
I think they keep yeah, it at Spezza. I, I think they'd yeah. I think they do two max. Spezza obviously takes up one spot in terms of like the old guy depth thing. Um, I don't know if Tyler Bozak counts as that, but I think he could be an option if they wanted to as like a fourth line center. I wouldn't push him higher in the lineup than that. I'm sorry, um, <laughs> but uh, I mean I would love to see it back. Like who wouldn't? But yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, he's 35, Bozak. I think if so, Getzlaff is to leave Anaheim, I think it would be to Montreal to go back with Perry. Mm-hmm. Assuming Perry resigns. If Perry stays, yeah. Interesting. What's Getzlaff okay. getting paid right now? <laughs> like eight. Eight like, to yeah, five. Yeah, so he's going to drop to like two. Um. So the projection from uh, Evolving Wild is two million, but I I think he's if he's going somewhere to a, to a quote-unquote good team... He's probably taken like close to league men. Wow. Okay. Int- really? I thought he'd go. How like, many three million? Like, like he doesn't. Edmonton. He doesn't need money. No. Like if he if he wants to go and win another cup, like why would he take that kind of contract? Right. If he's that, just from my men, just from my view, if he's gonna take league men, I could see him on the Leafs. Yeah, fourth line center. Like I, I, I want to do this again. I know. Uh, but <laughs> the thing is, I like, Geslav be is okay. better than Joe Thornton, though. Like, yes, it's not, not a Joe Thornton situation. Yeah, he's at he's, least faster yeah. than Joe Thornton, which is what Ryan Geslav had 17 points in 48 games this year. Joe Thornton had 20 points in 44 games. Yes, but you also have to remember That's Ryan Geslav plays for the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, but he was on which the also first means line he's something. getting a lot more. <laughs> Joe Thornton did get a lot of those points playing on the top line, though, to be fair. True, but um, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a ton of interest in Ryan Getzloff. His yeah, shooting percentage was also seven percent this season. Do we really expect it to be higher though? At this point, I think it's a little bit higher. Like I think I mean maybe a little bit five goals in a know. season, but who knows? Paul Stasny. I feel like he stays in Winnipeg. Really? Yeah. They they reacquired him after wanting to sign him last time. He's been a solid fit there. Um, I he could go elsewhere, um, but I, I think Winnipeg probably wants him back and probably makes that work. All right, Henrik Zetterberg. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> although he does expire this season. Yes, he does. <laughs> Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Too expensive. Yeah, too far fetched there. Uh, Marcus Johansson? No, no, please no. Is he even a center? Center, he's left wing, right wing. There's been a couple of teams that have tried to make him a center. Yeah, no, I don't but think so. He's fine. I don't love it. Yeah. Eric Stahl? No. Oh, no, <laughs> no. He was bad. Yeah, probably not. Like, okay, let me let me sort real quick. He okay, so he didn't end up having the lowest goals above replacement among free agents. That honor goes. Oh no, he did. He did. Uh, negative ten point nine goals Yikes. above replacement this season. The only In one fairness, close to he him was on Buffalo, though. He was also really bad for the Habs. Um, scored a great goal last night, though. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Tough matters. timing, but uh, the only one close to him in terms of free agent forwards, at least, is Nikita Gusev at negative 7.3 goals above replacement. So, yeah, not so good. 
<laughs> no. Uh, I'm not even going to say Philip Deneau because he's too expensive. Um, I I will say I am fascinated to see what he gets. Yeah, that's going to... I feel like really he's going to get massively overpaid. Yeah. He's already turned down, what was it, five times five? From on Montreal on an extension? Yeah. Uh, I felt like there was a six involved. I could be I wrong, but... it was five times six. I don't know. It, it was it was a hefty one, so... And that was last summer, though, to be fair. But you'd think yeah. he probably gets more now, but... Considering his playoffs, yeah. And he's uh, a center. Like, he's going to get paid a lot. Yeah. Final name, I'll say, and this is just because Taylor Hall. <laughs> uh, is it the trade deadline? If only. <laughs> if only. Yeah. Gee, that's that's pretty hard. Like, no, like he's he's staying in Boston. Like the whole Taylor Hall thing was like, gee, if somebody gets hurt in that top six, they could really use another elite level talent. Okay, let's go get Nick Felino. Oh. Wait, a, a top end player in your lineup got hurt and you don't have any more elite players. Oh no, that's a shame. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna rehash all that. Like it was so obvious to see how it was gonna go, and it went exactly how it went. But Taylor Hall, he's gonna resign undervalued for Boston, and he's gonna be a great value alongside like David Pasternak for like the next like six years. That's gonna be fun in our division. Yeah. So unfair. Yep. Yep. Although they have to find a new center because Patrice Bergeron is 36. And taking Krejci's a free agent. Krejci's a yeah. free agent, although he's going to stay. Probably. Like, let's Definitely. do goalies quickly, okay. and then okay. we will wrap on Optimus. Ryan. Just wait till Boston gets Jack Eichel somehow. I don't think Buffalo would trade with them after the Taylor Hall trade, but it's <laughs> yeah. also a first-time GM who has no experience in hockey. So, yep. yep. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, oof, these are bad. Yeah, I know, right? Pekarene, <laughs> no, he's staying in Nashville. Honest, okay, I, I'll just, I have the list in front of me of like every UFA goalie that played above seven games this year. So I'll just like list them. Peter Mrazek. No, do not. No, 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 no. Peter Mrazek. I'd be, depending on the cost, I'd consider it. I feel like he's probably going to be too much, right? Yeah. Probably. For a backup, yeah. He'll, he'll be getting more than Campbell. Yeah. Well, well I, I mean, think anybody is going to get more than Campbell. He's 165. Yeah. I hope not. Well, if it's I a mean, backup that we're getting, he's got to be getting paid less, I would say. You might get Weimer uh, at like 1.5. Dave Riddick. Think. Dave Riddick. Just bring him Stop back it. at like one mil. Dave Riddick, is, uh, no, okay. Dave Riddick wants more than that. Chris Drieger. He's going to get so much money. It's not even funny. Right? He probably is. He's going to get like three and a half, four mil. He, I feel like he might be a Seattle guy. Yeah. Maybe, I've heard yeah. Seattle a lot with him. Uh, potentially being taken too. In the yeah, expansion. Which I don't get why you would take a UFA, yeah. but. Anyways. I don't either. Uh, Auntie Ranta. I'm looking I feel at like now. of, of the free agents, I feel like he's probably one that could make the most sense, but injuries have been a big issue. That GAA. 3.36. I don't care about goals against average. He's on the Arizona Coyotes. I guess, but still, that's yikes. Like he's had really solid numbers in the past. He just can't stay healthy. So. Yeah. Carter Hutton. No. No. Uh, so, like, what? Linus Allmark is too expensive. Too expensive. Um, Mike Jonathan Smith is staying. Brady. I feel like he's a good goalie. 
but I feel like that past history makes it something where it's like, <laughs> no, nah, that like that can't happen, right? Yeah. Nine fourteen so. this past season though on Detroit. He won yeah, he's nine good. Games. He's good. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if you bring back Bozak, I, don't know. I feel like Reimer is more likely Bernier. to come back than Bernier. But how much do you think Reimer makes though? Because he's going to be getting paid like if it's Toronto, like, less than a half? million and a half. I think it's less yeah, than a million, million and a half. Okay, I'd like that. I don't I know. He ended up being the third string in Carolina, so I think Reimer makes some sense in Calgary as a backup, close to yeah. home. Yeah, I can see that. Where's he from? Like Red Deer or something? He's from um, Marwina, Manitoba. <laughs> I love Again. that you know that. Yeah, I love, dude. I have a signed picture of him in my room. Like, yeah. oh, he him. played for Red Deer. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, like, other than that, or? like, there's no like Yarrow Halak, maybe. I maybe? want them to go after uh, Laurent Brassois. What 919 919 and we six destroyed games. him playing it's Winnipeg 919 and six it's games, fine. six wins, no, one assist, no. 2.42 goals, one assist, <laughs> or one loss. Sorry, no, I can't, um, I, I can't, I can't take loss. another left handed goaltender. <laughs> I don't, I, we, we can't have every goal he's left handed. A right hand, right handed goaltender. Also, yeah. do you think? Because I've seen this a lot, and he catches left. He catches the normal way. No, wait, what? No, I honestly doesn't. couldn't tell you what Laurent Brossois looks he? like. So, <laughs> let me. Look I'll just be honest. Um, he's not terrible. He's, like, he's fine. Like I don't know. He'd be a decent backup. I think he'd be relatively cheap. Uh, Winnipeg probably brings him back. No. Potentially, maybe. So. I don't know. This is a question. I've seen a lot of Leaf fans doing this, and I don't really understand <laughs> why. why is everybody crying. Training? No, why? Oh. I don't really see. Okay, the why. Why yeah. Michael Hutchinson to Tampa constantly? Huh? Yeah. What? Michael Hutchinson to Tampa for like a sixth round pick. I've seen. On I don't get armchair this. GM all the time. Hmm. I think they're. I think that's people just trying to get rid of Hutchinson, but um, I think their reasoning is he's making less than Leak Min next season, so Tampa wants to save money. But he's also terrible. So okay, I love Hutch. He's a he's a good AHL starter. Like he's a he's a yeah. fine third string goaltender. If they have taxi squads again next year, I, I think he sticks around. Um, if they don't, I think he probably gets traded somewhere to a team that needs a third string because right now they have. Eric Kalgren coming over from Sweden. They've got Joseph Wall, who I imagine they'll resign. I don't see why they would let him go. They have Vaini Vevelainen, who I don't know if they'll let go or keep. I don't know where they feel about him. Um, but you have Ian Scott there as well. So you've got four uh, AHL quality goaltenders. I think Ian Scott probably goes to the Growlers so he can actually play games because he hasn't for the last two years. Um, and then... Um, I don't think you want Hutchinson taking starts from either Colgren or Wall. So um, if they have taxi squads, I think he sticks around as the third string. Um, if they don't, I I don't know what happens with him. But I think they just keep him as a scratch. I mean, All maybe. Season. I think it just works. Like you have that backup if you really need to. You don't have to go to Joseph Wall. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Vinny Vevelinen becomes the backup. Nah. <laughs> No, that won't happen. No, they they started Joseph Wool over him with the Marley. So, 
I don't know if that was just kind of like a stopgap thing on the taxi squad and then he ends up just leaving the organization as a free agent whether they actually believe in him longer term but I think he's a decent goalie I think he can do a job with the AHL team past that I don't know what he really is because he's like 25 he's undersized and he hasn't really done much in North America yet he's been great in Finland but he hasn't done much yet over here so um, I like him I love his name um, but I, I, I don't think there's a ton of NHL future for Vevelinen When's and Wall gonna be ready? Did probably he do well never in, in the AHL. Yeah. No, he's only no, twenty-two. He's, though he's twenty-two. He had another rough year in the AHL. He's shown glimpses, right. um, but it's a lot of consistency stuff for him. The Marlies haven't been great with him, to be fair. Um, but it's back-to-back years of sub nine hundred goaltending, uh, um, and the Marlies haven't been great in front of him. Uh, I want to see him back next year, see what he can do over the full year. But um, he was good at Boston College, but since turning pro, he hasn't been great. So it's kind of where they're at on him. Goalies are voodoo, though. Like, they could be terrible one year and great the next. We have yep. no idea what's going to happen. Um, true. But curious for your opinion on this. Who has more of a chance of being an, H- an NHL goalie, Ian Scott or Joseph Wall? Joseph Wall at this point. I think just because Ian Scott's had some significant surgeries and he's missed two years of development. um, I don't think either are necessarily likely to become NHL goalies at this point. Um, But Ian Scott, he's still pretty young. I think he's only like 21 now or or just turned 22 this year. Um, the, The only thing that gives me some pause with Scott is that he was a sub 900 goalie in the WHL until Prince Albert became the best team in the CHL. So we haven't really seen anything from him yet outside of that one season. And then he's missed two years since. So we don't have much to go on on Ian Scott. I hope he turns it around and hope he becomes good because one, that would be, that would benefit the Leafs. And two, it'd be great to see him rebound after a tough couple of years. But um, I think he probably plays the year with the Growlers and then they kind of reevaluate after that. But the, uh, the Leafs goalie pipeline isn't, great right now they brought in eric Kalgren from uh sweden he's fine but he's also mid-20s already um and then they have uh arter Oktiyama that they drafted last year who is going to be quite a few years if he does become an nhl goalie all right and with that <laughs> i think we have come to a fine conclusion although we do have one more thing we have to do hot takes okay <laughs> if you are, are new to the show and this is the first time you've ever listened to us first of all welcome thank you for listening for the last two hours um <laughs> therapy yeah it's therapy it's therapy um i think we've handled it well actually yeah i expected you to be a lot worse aiden i expected you to be your mind <laughs> hey well time. it's it's been about a month now so i've yeah. had some time okay yeah yeah we gave it some time to percolate really think through things um yeah. but if you're new to the show, hot takes segment at the end of every show we do, we give a hot take. It could be about anything and anything. We're going to keep it leaf specific for this one because this is a Leafs episode. Sorry for crushing all your dreams. I had um, one prepared. <laughs> I know you had one prepared. Um, so in the past, we've done stuff like Aiden predicted Mike Babcock getting fired. Uh, somehow I said the MLB would be the first league back at the beginning of the pandemic and they were promptly the last league back. So <laughs> you could be very right or very, very wrong. 
doesn't really matter as I hit my mic. Any of you have any ideas on what you have for a hot take because we didn't think about this beforehand? I'll give you one that's very specific to me and very niche, and then I'll give you one actual kind of hot take. Okay. Uh, Dennis Mulgan is in the Leafs lineup next year. Okay. There you go. That's hot. Um, but if you want an actual like fun one, I don't know how hot it is, um, but I'll say the Leafs signed Thomas Tatar in free agency, and he plays on the uh, first line next year. All right. That's pretty good. Aiden? <laughs> I I had one for another team. Okay, give it okay. for another toss team. Toss it, toss it okay. up. Okay, toss here it we up. go. Here we go. The Tampa Bay Lightning win back to back to back Stanley Cups. Back to back to back. Back to back. Three in a row. Three in a row. So you're predicting two Stanley Cup champions at this point. Yes. Because they haven't yes. won it yes. this year. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, this okay. year and next year. Back to back okay. to back. Yep. Are they so I think they're that is good. Tied series or are they up? They're, they're up. They can they can end it tonight. Yeah. They Murdered them in the last game. Yeah, Eight that was nothing. Ugly. Yeah, that was ugly. Um, uh, Leafs one. Leafs one. Leafs one. Leafs one. Um, the Leafs trade Morgan Riley and sign Dougie Hamilton. Okay, I like it. All right. Can I toss out a non-Leafs one then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Feel free. I'm probably gonna regret this, but uh, the Montreal Canadiens miss the playoffs next year. Yeah, I don't think you regret that. It might happen. I, I mean, yeah. in the next couple of weeks when they inevitably win the Stanley Cup, but yes, but I think next no. season's going to be a very interesting one for the Habs. Too hard a division. I think they'll have too many games that they get pulled off of them and won't be in the wild card race. So, Connor, I was talking to, to Zach about about this. Remember my hot take from like uh, like episode I think two of second semester show going way back dude i don't remember what i did last week never mind well i i, I you'll, you'll remember when when i say it i said if the leafs don't make it out of the north division montreal will and they'll win the stanley cup cool. every yeah, single year in history that the leafs and habs have played in the playoffs the winner of that series has gone on to win the stanley cup wow every single time it's happened so it's inevitable so it is it is kind of inevitable. But uh, again, you can you can reference Mr. Patrick Talon on this one. Uh, the entire year, I said that the Habs were the Leafs toughest matchup uh, mm -hmm. in the playoffs and turned out that way. So, yep. Vindication, well, I guess. Well, yeah. Painful All right. Give us the hot take. <laughs> I will say Morgan. I want some heat. Yeah. Morgan Riley is an L.A. King. Woo. Next season, mm. And Gabe Villardi comes the other way wow okay okay i've seen packages like that on armchair gm that can make some sense and third line center gabe velarde i think makes a lot of sense almost fell to leafs in that 2017 draft that can make some sense so that is my hot take that is all of our hot takes i'm not going to give a hockey one uh because i'm already going to be wrong um <laughs> <laughs> but i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope everybody uh got a bit <sighs> off their plate they got their feelings out leafs wise and maybe we calmed some people down probably not but who knows. <laughs> um <laughs> thank you for listening we really appreciate it subscribe to our youtube channel like comment uh do all that fun stuff uh follow all of us on social media aiden you don't use twitter so give us an, your instagram <laughs> add aiden so a fans in the description 
check it out. I guess you don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> file cut file file. Follow Kyle on Twitter uh, at. Uh, what is it? Oh my goodness. I can't, re- I think it's, <laughs> at, I think it's Kyle underscore Kush. Something like that. Yes. Yes. Kyle yes, underscore yes. Kush. That'll also be in the description. We will also put in the description, the episode we did with Kyle, where we interviewed him about his sport media career, which is probably already out of date. Um, <laughs> it's not <laughs> yeah. that out because, of date. Yo, so, so many of the ones we've done are already out of date. It's hilarious. Like half yeah. of the yeah, people okay. are working yeah. for Barnan at this point. It's, hilarious yeah yeah Um, it's it's pretty cool seeing what everybody's done this year but yeah you got a you got a different perspective of the room this year as well we rearranged it when i wasn't here so the fish tank is no longer behind me yes (laughs) fish tank is no longer behind you instead it's raptors an old logo raptors yes every leafs cup and i don't know who i'm gonna assume that's ronaldo yes yes yes. wow good guess well it's really that is a very strong guess it's gonna be one of two people Ronaldo or Messi, realistically so. Uh, but this else has gone on for way too long. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at CWG Somerville, although I don't tweet much about hockey. I mostly tweet about soccer, so you probably don't want to follow me. Um, but <laughs> check me out if you really do. Check out Unlimited. Kyle, are you doing a podcast at this point, or have you guys sort of uh, Just doing uh, green flag stuff right now. So if you're into motorsports, you're into racing, we do a bunch of stuff over there. Weekend previews, uh, fantasy stuff, all that kind of stuff. So I've uh, been uh, doing pretty well recently, so be sure to check that out. Uh, check that out if you're maybe a new F1 fan that watched Drive to Survive. Uh, maybe if you're just getting into NASCAR or something like that, we do a bunch of stuff over there. I'll put the yep. link in the description as well for that. So subscribe to them on YouTube. Yes, and the Instagram account too, because the Instagram account is really good, and it's the only way I get my motorsport updates, <laughs> even though I don't understand any of the NASCAR ones. Thank you for listening. Check out the MLS Multiplex podcast and my written stuff, even though I do one article a month, um, <laughs> which I have to do. But thank you for listening. We will see you all next time for probably an actual episode as opposed to another special because we've done two in a row. But thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Peace. <laughs>